What do you, hey, so what did you do this weekend, MJ? Uh, so I checked out a new buffet, which for those that don't know, I love all-you-can-eat buffets. I love food. and You haven't been kicked out of all the buffets I in the city. I haven't cities? been kicked out of all the buffets in the city yet. Uh, but what I checked out was I was up in the Northern Burbs, and there's this place called King's Korean in Fridley. And I've been wanting to check out their buffet for a while. I've been to their restaurant before, good food. And just this you know, cornucopia of Korean food and sushi, everything I could want. And so my stomach was very happy. However, my ears were in pain. I was like in stomach heaven in, in audio hell at the same time. Is playing they, Creed all the time? Or? No, they, so I like a little bit of everything when it comes to music. And in every genre, there's things that I like and things I don't like. This happened to be 80s adult contemporary ballads. And so as soon as I sat down, it, it was uh, Richard Marks' Right Here Waiting, and then uh, The Flame by Cheap Trick, and then going back a few decades, The Righteous Brothers with Unchained Melody, um, and then George Benson with Nothing's Gonna Change My Love For You. Sounds like heaven. Debbie Boone with You Light Up My Life. And I was just like, oh God, please, why am I here? Why am I here without Bluetooth headphones? Ah, uh, so you no know, BTS for you then? Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no P- K-pop, no, no PSY, no BTS, uh, no traditional uh, classical Korean music, no Korean pop, no Korean covers of American pop. It was sounds like yeah. heaven. No, it was horrible. I was so happy when Up Where We Belong came on, and that's the happiest I've been listening to that song because it was the one that didn't annoy me. Cool. Live from the Black Heart of St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome uh, back again for another week. Uh, we are we are here at the Black Card. We have a special guest this week. Uh, one, Mr. Uh, the voice of Minnesota soccer, uh, the voice of which which. Do you uh, which corner which which? I don't. I can't even do it anymore. Um, and we have a, we have questions about which which, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Chris Lindholm is uh, joining MJ, Dan, and myself, uh, and we have Bill back. Uh, Bill, who was uh, not on mic today, because we have. All four of the mics are in are uh, being used. But welcome, Chris Lindholm. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for having me back again. It's nice to be with the uh, the new crew. Yeah, the fake so, Daves. The fake Daves. <laughs> we are yes. the non Daves, you know. Yes, these are the the Daves you do not know. Um, all right, so we have a we have a. I was looking at our agenda, and it's like nine fucking pages long. So it's it's this might be a long one. Uh, but we are going to preview the Minnesota United season. We're going to talk a little bit about the last two uh, preseason games first. Uh, we'll preview the Minnesota United season, um, give our complete breakdown of Minnesota United, and then we'll do uh, predictions and all that fun stuff as well. Um, so yeah, so uh, I guess strap in or strap it on or whatever uh, whatever the kids say. 
make us a fucking NSFW podcast. Oh, that. it's it, it, listen. It already is. I just when I when I uh, when I edit it, I just I'd make it not safe for work um, and uh, and R rated or whatever. So. Um, but I'm going to give you guys quick a, uh, a new, a slightly new Patreon pitch. So um, I kind of alluded to this about a month ago. The uh, Daves I know are partnering with the Hop Clouds um, to be launching a, uh, a very special uh, new Patreon subscriber uh, gift, if you will, um, for all the, the 14 of you who give us money every month, which we really, really appreciate. Uh, we're going to eventually be buying mic stands, which is Bill is just wants me to do and been wanting me to do for the last month and a half or so um but what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be partying with hop clubs we haven't decided yet on the on the levels um but uh there'll be a basically if you are at at least three dollars right now you will be sort of just into this thing uh, already um and you'll get a bomber of beer from hop clouds hop clouds has made a few different beers um i've tasted uh three of them i believe and they've all been very very good so if you are interested and uh, in just basically like upping your amount to at least three dollars we're not fair out exactly the levels but basically it'll be you know a small amount for one bottle of one bomber of beer i believe the first one is gonna be a dopobach uh, a certain level, uh, there'll be you'll get two bottles, two bombers. A uh, third level, you'll get three bombers. We're actually going to do a specific uh, Dave's I Know beer uh, that we'll be doing some cool stuff around. So uh, be on the lookout. I need to actually go on. I need to log into our fucking Patreon and actually figure out what these levels are going to be. Um, I'm saying this all because on March 7th, we're going to be hoping to do a, uh, a bottle handout. So if you already are subscribing uh, to the Patreon, uh, patreon.com uh, backslash the Daves I know um, please that's that's awesome if you are interested uh, I'll have more information up by the end of the week um, for sure about the, what the new levels and everything will be so um, patreon.com backslash the Daves I know help support the Daves that you know uh, yeah your friends yeah and and, and hop clouds uh, who are um, they have a flag this year and they he I know the guy who runs it and he recruited a bunch of people to like help brew beer so they're gonna be brewing a bunch of beer so it's gonna be really cool so that's a another excellent cool thing and then also mart i talked to martin last week on wednesday actually we watched the uh um spoiler alert, we watched the uh portland timbers minnesota united game on wednesday together and uh we're gonna get together me him and uh luke craig and we're gonna actually record that fucking victory uh podcast watching watching the movie victory and talking about victory so that's gonna happen very very soon as well so that is all the uh the patreon stuff um yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about what the hell just happened uh, over the weekend. Or the week, I guess, because we, yeah, we played two games. Yeah, the less said about the weekend, perhaps, the better. Fair. <laughs> that game was a little dire. But uh, the midweek game against Portland, I think uh, it was a phenomenal game to watch. And there were some things that showed up in that game that I sincerely hope show up the next time we play Portland, you know, Sunday. Yes. Yeah, it's your content for that one. Yeah. All right, so uh, as we as we have done in the past, so yeah, we we played Portland on Wednesday. We won four to two. Uh, we played the Couve on uh, Saturday, and we lost two to one. I did not watch the Couve game because I was going to the Sana Foundation Gala for goals, and uh, MJ didn't watch it, and Dan didn't watch it, and Christy, you didn't watch it, did you? Uh, not really. Okay, no. I, I came here for the last. Bill watched it, and Bill doesn't have a microphone, so that's, that's super cool. Well, we should give Bill a mic. Maybe he wants to talk about it, but... <laughs> I, 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 I watched it on replay. Style. Yeah. I watched it on, re on replay. Okay, okay. All right, so 
normally we break down each individual game as one, but I'm just going to break down sort of like the uh, the last couple of games, or last even the last three games. Um, what was the best moment uh, of either of these two games? Or even, let's, let's go back and we could even include the New England Revolution game, because um, we didn't really break that one down. Uh, what would be your best moment of the game? MJ, why don't you go first? Uh, for the Portland game, is definitely seeing the kids on the B team. Just seeing how they work together, seeing what we had at depth this year. Um, the youth and the energy and the way that they uh, pass and move. They pass and move really, really well. Uh, they don't pass and stand there, or they don't pass and drop back. They go forward, and I really like that. Uh, the, Van, the Vancouver game, definitely that uh, Chacon to Molino. Uh, no, just uh, Molino dribbling in and then the pass over to Finley. That was, that was a beautiful thing. But, yeah, those two things. Cool. For, for me, the... Uh the big takeaway from both of those games was uh, at the point at which United went down a goal to Portland and Mason Toy decided, yeah, uh, I'm going to take this one over. Uh, he was dropping deeper into the midfield to pick up the ball, which we can you know, debate whether that's good or not in the long term. But in that game, it was extremely necessary. He was taking on defenders. The ball he crossed in from the byline for the second goal was extremely nice. And then the interplay between uh, him and Chacon and Raheem Edwards Obviously incredibly effective is what led to two goals. But if they can do that, that passing and movement that MJ was talking about, they're going to unsettle a lot of defenses that want to sit back and force them to pass through the lines. Yeah. Um, I like that, especially the Raheem Edwards. Uh, I Honestly, yeah. I spoiler alert, I think he probably should start over Chase Gasper <laughs> on the left. Um, but I, wanna, I really want to point out Gio Savarisi's uh, fucking beard game <laughs> and his scarf game was on point on Wednesday uh, did you guys see his beard? It's it's a it's epic. It's like um, God. What am I blanking on the Wolves? The Wolverhampton uh, manager, um, Nuno Santo. Yeah, it's it's even better than his beard, and his he's got a glorious epic beard. When I was at the Korean buffet on Saturday, the salt and pepper shrimp did not look as good as the salt and pepper beard on Gio Savarese. Plus, the scarf game was on point. So, <laughs> Chris, do you have anything you want to add for best moments for either of those last two games? I love the fact that uh, Amarillo gave a lot of Minnesota fans hope that he will hit those 25 goals. Fuck he yeah. Adrian Heath. Yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. We saw out of him a little bit. Uh, and then also uh, a little concern was when Manoni left, how would Tyler Miller do replacing him or taking over that spot? Not necessarily replacing him, sure. but taking over. Um, he showed some stuff that can give Minnesota fans some hope and feel good that we may not miss a beat along that back line. Yeah. I think he'll give everybody a little bit of a heart attack too. He's much more he's much more of an aggressive keeper than than Manone was. So the one thing with Manone was that you you know you knew if if he had time, so he was kind of one of those guys. If he had, if he, like he had time to think about something, like that would fuck him up. Like he, but like the quick reaction saves, like Manone was amazing at. But like a, like corners and and uh, set pieces and things like that, where he had time to like think about it, he kind of he would like I think he psyched himself out a little bit. Miller, I think, is like the exact opposite. Like that dude is just like yes, give me all the time. I just want to like take it all in. Um, he does like to charge out of the box a lot more than uh, than Manone does, which is good and bad. Yeah, there's you can be aggressive, but as long as it's smart aggressive, then then, then that's fine. And if you're gonna go as a goalkeeper. If you're going to go, you go. You if you're going to go. go, you get the ball. Yeah, yep, yep. Bottom, you line, get the ball. Yep. bottom line. Bottom uh, line. <laughs> but if you don't think, if there's even just a slight little bit that you're not going to get it, don't go. Yeah. And, I don't think uh, Miller has that instinct. I think if <laughs> he sees the ball, he assumes he's going to get the <laughs> ball. But, that's, but that can be a very good you know, feeling to have is that 
Well, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to, because you want a keeper who's going to command their six yard box. You want a keeper who wants to be smart within the 18. So yeah. anything, to me, one thing that drives me up the wall is seeing a ball that will drop into a forward eight yards out, seven yards out, nine yards out even. Where's the keeper? I hate it when the keeper is anchored to his line. On their yeah. line, yeah. 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 If, so if a ball comes in nine yards out, if Miller goes off and goes to get it, love it. Just to punch it away, maybe take out the forward while he's doing it, something to add a little boost, a little excitement. Because I'll tell you, keeper goes out and punches it and knocks out a forward while he's doing it. That's going to put a couple extra fires underneath the rest of his players. And that can be a momentous changer come game time or throughout the remainder of the game. Yeah. Uh, should be pointed out, actually, uh, I forgot to mention the lineup for uh, Sunday, which seems to be that probably will be the starting lineup. 4-2-3-1 uh, uh, with the same back line, same Alonzo Gregus, Finley, Molino, and Lude uh, across the middle, and then Amaria up top. That seems to be that that is probably going to be what the starting lineup looks like, I would imagine. Those um, are Heath's guys. Those are Heath's guys, yeah. So, uh, worst moment of the game. Uh, Dan, what do you got? Honestly, um, it sounds like uh, the answer to this was probably something that happened in the Vancouver game, but I can't speak to that. So the, the one moment that stood out to me as a big, big negative in the Portland game was Noah Billingsley not closing down on uh, Portland's first goal. Um, and this is a little bit of a, a harsh blow against Billingsley. He was certainly making sure he didn't get beat off of the dribble. That's respectable. Uh, but the Portland forward, I'm completely blanking on who took that first goal. I've looked at their lineup too many times. I got too many names in my head. Uh just absolutely ate up that space and, and put a, a very, very good ball past uh, Greg Runjitsing. Um, Billingsley, he'll learn better. This is not some grand proclamation about that he's not going to be good or whatever, but it, it definitely gave me uh, some 2018 loon vibes. Of, no, you really do have to stop the ball at some point. Definitely. I, there was times that he looked lost, like he was swimming out in space. And there are other times that he looked like, oh, you actually know what you're doing. Like, But I still feel that for college, he was kind of played more as a forward. And them asking him to play fullback is still kind of a little bit out of his element. My, my biggest frustration uh, for, for all the preseason games was the lack of ma making triangles in, in the attacking third. You get these situations where you have four people on the line right in right in front of the six yard box and they're all in a line really easy to defend with only like two or three people because they're all just bunched up there they're not making any sort of space or triangles or, or uh, parallelograms or anything so and I'll just be harping on this uh, like I have for the past few years for the next I don't know how many years till he, he figures it out sure uh, Chris you have any Worst, worst moment or something that uh, stood out to you? No, no, because it was preseason. Yeah. And it, uh, it, you can't be too... I mean, the, the comments have been fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's... Again, it's preseason. And in some cases, you got to remember, it's a couple games in, and these guys are still adjusting to... Because practice and games are two different things. Oh, for sure. And game time is... It's an adjustment to how you go full... You know, go on for those 90 minutes compared to a little drill hill, a little drill, drill there. So I'm going to cut him a little slack and just go, you know, there weren't really any bad spots. Nothing to worry about. If there was the same thing in all three games, different story. Sure. But one game here, one game there, different players, whatnot. Yeah. 
We're I'm, okay. I'm, just, I'm just gonna say giving up a, a fucking goal to a Timbers two player, <laughs> and the dying moments of that uh, uh, well, that Por- Portland match. Strike. It was too, and uh, and yeah, there was nothing. I don't think there was anything Rajit Singh could have done to stop that. But like, come on, man, that's like that's 2017, 2018 level defending. Like when you're giving up a goal to a T two player, but that was that was probably my worst moment. I I tend to agree with you, Chris. That yes, we haven't seen we haven't we haven't consistently seen the same issue pop popping up every game so which has been great um what most what the fuck moment of the preseason so far um i'm just gonna say uh chacon's cutback on his goal against portland was holy shit like okay this guy like we didn't see, we saw what he played like what 85 minutes all of last year um to see something like that like he cut that ball back just he Juked his defender literally like out of his out of his uh, out of his boots and uh, just Fast cl- serious, clinical finish. Drift. Yeah, and and you know kind of another sort of what the fuck moment uh, for me with is just Chacon just because Chacon's a small he's a small dude um, not getting muscled off the ball. Uh, I think he's just he's just so goddamn fast that people can't muscle him off the ball. So I think I thought that was that was that was something that like we we're here at the bar. Uh, the drag show was going on and we were watching the uh uh that second half in the back and it was just like holy shit this is you know if that's if that is what he is that's a revelation so my what the fuck moment was uh towards the beginning of the vancouver game uh vancouver was awarded a free kick very close to our goal yori reina is getting up and he's trying to like push the ball forward ahead of where the ref said it was supposed to be or something like that ozzy uh, says no, put it back, and he's like pushing the ball back, and then all of a sudden, Yori Reina doesn't like Ozzy in his space, so Yori Reina, you know, and so there's there's some pushing, and then there, Michael Boxall is getting in there trying to separate people. Uh, Malinkovic, definitely the frosted-haired goon, he wants he wants uh, the fro- the new frosted-tip goon wa- wants in. He wants he's ready to go. He like like a like a crazy boxer, just swimming, swimming away through seas of people, trying to punch uh, Ozzy. Never got there. Did you see that Tyson Fury uh, Deontay Wilder fight over the weekend? I don't watch boxing. Yeah, Tyson Fury. I don't watch a lot of boxing, but like Tyson Fury was beating the shit out of Deontay Wilder, and then he licked him. Like he licked his blood off of his neck. Oh, that was what all those tweet references it was, were for. Oh my god, that dude! Is, that dude is fucking insane. Anyways, Dan, what do you got? Um, Quick no, tangent, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's going to be more what the fuck than that. Uh, jumping a little bit on something that Chris was just pointing out, which is that this is the preseason. Uh, the use of VAR. I'm not really sure why we needed VAR in preseason games. Um, if the argument is, hey, you know, it's preseason for the refs too. Okay, I can get that. I can get behind that. If it's literally any other reason, I can't. There doesn't <laughs> need to be VAR in preseason. In the spring training down in baseball, the game ends in a tie because at some point you go, eh, actually, this, the, the result here doesn't matter. And I feel this the very same way about a three-minute video review in a game in which maybe, I'm going to be really generous here, a hundred people came through the gates in Portland. <laughs> yeah, You're exactly right. It's preseason for players and it's preseason for referees. So everybody's trying to figure it out and, and whatnot. But, yeah, I have a whole opinion on VAR. It just, it's slow, <laughs> slowed the game down. It just, you know what, I would much rather, I can live with the human error because we're going to get ones in our favor and we're going to have ones go against us throughout the year. I'd much rather just live with the human error of a referee than anything else. Can you imagine 
Uh, if we go back to, oh goodness, I can't remember the year, 2014, whatever it was, uh, Minnesota against Fort Lauderdale in the whole oh. offside. Yeah. What if VAR was around back then? <laughs> we would have, we would, maybe would have won the fucking title. <laughs> See, it was funny because that, that broadcast, <laughs> still people bring it up to me, Buzz and I were like arguing on air yeah. about it. Yeah. And because I saw it from the referee's perspective, he saw it from a coach's and player's perspective. And the big thing on that to me, fucking Stefano Pino, was no, was Kevin Venegas, the fact that he swung his foot at the ball instead of it just standing there and it hitting him. Yeah, that was the difference. So as soon as he moved his foot to hit it, that to me was that. That's why it was not offside. But going back, how long would VAR be? We'd still be looking. We'd still at, be reviewing yeah, it. Yeah, still yeah, be yeah. reviewing it six years later. Yeah, still haven't come to a decision. That type of thing. <laughs> we may want to. We may want a fucking championship though. <laughs> possibly, possibly, may, but yeah, may have. All right, so but, uh, so the next Friday, so who has been the star of the preseason for you guys? Who is uh, who's uh, exceeded expectations and gone, gone above and beyond? MJ, let's start with you. Well, I would like to table my for the the next Freddie Adu Award. Okay, because they're kind of in combo for okay. me. Okay, Dan, how about you? Uh, for the whole preseason, it's hard to give it to anybody except Amaria. I think he's been a revelation um, in the preseason. You know, if preseason home runs counted, you know, we'd have a very different home run chase. So sure. you know, obviously that caveat goes throughout all of this. But he makes some really interesting runs. He looks like a clinical finisher. He's a guy who tracks the ball well in the air. And this is not something we could say about most of our attackers last year. Uh, so I'm really, really excited for him. Uh, specific to the games this week, uh, like I said earlier, I loved Mason Toy taking the offense over and really forcing defenses back on their heels. I think United has a bunch of opportunistic players now. I'm hopeful of that. I'm sure we'll get into that in, in the attack. But it does require someone to be that sort of instigator. Uh, and I really think that can be Toy. Honestly, I would really love to see the team shift into a 4-4-2 and start with both him and Amaria up top. I think they can work off each other really well. That would be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, who would would you have two forwards just running freely, or would you have a target forward and somebody running off the target forward? Uh, I I think Amaria's sense of hold up play is stronger than Toys is at this point. So I'd be looking for Molino into Amaria, Amaria into Toy. But honestly, if they started interchanging to really screw with center backs, I trust either of them with the ball at their feet, and I trust either of them trying to finish. Um, <clears throat> right on. I, I honestly I. A guy who I had had really like low expectations on, and who has really surpassed him is Raheem Edwards. I again, like I'm sort of spoiling it here. I think Raheem Edwards should win the starting job over Chase Gasper. Gasper has looked not great, especially coming back from the U.S. Men's National Team camp, where you know you think he should have been in in pretty good fitness, and and he was yes. I, I just watching the highlights from the Vancouver game. Um, he he seemed to be getting beat quite often, uh, which is disconcerting and I worry about a sophomore slump for Chase uh, Raheem and you know people there's a lot of people uh, who are uh, upset with the uh, Raheem Edwards trade um, but then no one kind of looked at Raheem Edwards and realized that he's only like six months older than Wyatt Olmsberg um, but he's been he's played like 85 MLS games the guy is an MLS veteran at this point and I really think he could make a you know in terms of like getting depth on our back on our, on our fullbacks great Great value there, and I think he actually could legitimately step up and be a, a starter for this team. And I think, given you know his finishing on crosses in that uh, Portland game, would make him a legitimate threat as well. So, Chris, do you have any who your sort of standout from the these first three or these three games against Portland? 
in Portland? Yeah, no, I, I'm going to go with Dan and, and Amaria. It's, uh, you know, he's really kind of given us glimpse, glimpses of what we could see uh, and such. Raheem Edwards, I remember him from a few years back with Toronto. Uh, he's, on his third, I, he's on his third MLS team. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's, I remember him from years back and, and when I was doing the radio. And and he he's one player that I remember calling his name often or talking about often because of his play back then. So he's, you know, been a nice little pickup, I think, depth-wise. Uh, along those lines, to Dave, you were talking about um, a sophomore slump for, for Gasper. Do you think that maybe his thoughts... Mindset is U.S. national team focused to where he's maybe not focused on Minnesota United. I don't know. He's he's got a he's got a nice uh, slick new haircut that makes him look much more attractive. Like, to you, <laughs> to, I mean to everybody. Okay. Listen, I I, I fished around to a bunch of different people: uh, gay, straight, men, women. Um, he looks a lot. He does not look like a forty-year-old man anymore, which is a, a step up in the right direction. Um, I don't know if it's if, it, if he's folk if it, you know if he's got like his head on like the U.S. men's national team radar. I mean, left back for the U.S. is a relatively wide open spot right now, so he legitimately has, I think, a shot if he continues to play well to, to be a, a part of that uh, you know the team in uh, uh, you know twenty twenty two. But um, yeah, I don't know. He was never like he was always he was like one of the most reckless players in MLS last year. I think he got like a yellow card like every other game. Um, something like that. He had like, a ridiculous amount of yellow cards, uh, so suspensions. And so I think Raheem Edwards, Raheem, Raheem Edwards is going to get opportunities to play with this team. And I think if he you know, plays anything like you know, half of what he did uh, on Wednesday, again, which granted against a Portland B team, to be fair, um, I think he will he will take that starting job from Chase Gasper. And I just I worry I mean worry about with Dotson too a sophomore slump like Dotson came out and just all he shot was bangers last year and. You know that's the expectation now, and I, I I do legitimately sort of like just worry about sophomore slumps as a as a general thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moving on, MJ, you have you wanted to uh, you seeded your time, so we'll let you start with the uh, next <laughs> well, Freddie Adu for the shittiest player of uh, of the tournament. We typically do the next Freddie Adu star of the game and the next Freddie Adu shittiest player of the game in succession. I wanted to do both of them together. Uh, for me. Uh, Chase Gasper, as as Texas has already referred to, and and uh, Robin Wood, you see moments of brilliance out of these guys. With with Wood, you see interplay with Molino, like give and goes, and all these wonderful things on the left side in the middle of the pitch. You see great field vision, good passing, good dribbling to space, like having an idea of what to do with the ball before he gets it. You see these brilliant things, and then there are these times where you're just like, okay, you just passed there, now you're running to the same space, another loon is already in, and it'd be one thing if they were covered and you're trying to confuse the defense and that person should cycle out, but like, they were open, now you're like running in to, to them, you know, go to someplace different, uh, and so just, you know, whether it's because it's preseason, whatnot, you just see moments of like great field vision and moments of like field boneheadedness. And Chase Gasper, the same thing. You see him shutting down space. And then there are other times where he gets way out of position and then tries to use his youth and speed to make up for being out of position. And so I feel like you saw a lot of Jekyll and Hyde out of those two players in the preseason. And I'm looking to hopefully see, you know, less of Hyde and more of Dr. Jekyll, <laughs> you know. As the year progresses, 
That, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I, just, I still, it boggles my mind why we keep insisting on playing loot on the left when he's never played it professionally. He's been center, you know, or, or right. And we never tried um, him on the right. It was actually, I think, uh, yeah, we've never, we never have. The, uh, <laughs> it was interesting, actually. I think, it was the, I think it was the Revolution game. I think it was their first game of the Portland tournament where it was like Molino, Lude, Finley. Like, so Lude was like technically in the center. And him and Molino were actually doing a lot of switching, mm-hmm. which like Molino, that's, that is like where Molino thrives. It's like when, he's, like when he was able to switch with, uh, with Quintero and, and, and just kind of fuck up the defense because they don't know who's, you know, who's attacking, who, you know, who's defending who. Um, and Molino and Lude, so Molino was on the left and Lude was in the center nominally. Um, I think that was in the lineup, but like they were just kind of alternating back and forth or, or you know, changing, changing up. Um, I just, I just oh, don't understand why, like our like Adrian Heath's insistence that uh, Robin Lude is a is a left winger. And then we have Raheem Edwards playing on the right when all he has done in the past is played left but back, a left, a left wing back, left yeah. wing back or left wing. Yeah. So like maybe try Edwards on the left and Lude on the right. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about the front office here in a little bit. Dan, <laughs> do you have a uh, shittiest player of the? the tournament i nominally to me it was billingsley um i mean we, we sort of gone over this, this jerk off motion i mean the one thing i did think was really interesting was billingsley was subbed off almost immediately after the first portland goal he was not part of the mass sub that came shortly thereafter or long term thereafter so that tells me that there was there was something that pissed heath off about that because uh, we didn't get him in an injury report so i don't think it's related to that but yeah again no one was so shitty that I'm worried about them. Um, honestly, like we've had good preseasons and bad seasons already. We've had a couple of. Uh, we've never really had a really bad preseason, but sure. I mean, this is kind of the epitome of uh, present performance does not predict future value. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Chris, do you have anybody that you wanted that you were a little disappointed in, or it's preseason? Yeah, <laughs> it's basically it. It's. And you and you are a, you're a, you're a, you're a gentleman and you're not gonna throw anybody under the bus unlike us assholes over here. So, <laughs> uh, there was nobody. I mean, to me, it was again. It's everybody adjusting. New players, new surroundings, new scenarios. If any of the players named had been around, you know, before and you know and had been working with that same group, you're. Here's the thing. We'll just use Billing Z as an example. If he had been starting all three games and it was the same lineup all three games, and he's in game three, he's messing up. Now there's concern because he didn't figure out how to adjust or work with his, you know, the previous lineup. He was they were put in all over and, and whatnot. But yeah, I with preseason, I cut everybody a bunch of slack, and it's it'll happen. That is that is the uh, correct attitude to have. We just like to dive in and be a little too aggressive. So and that's fine. That, that's absolutely fine. Because the thing is, is that. With preseason, regular season games, they take on the importance, the same level of importance to, to different fans, to yeah. different media members, to ever, everything. Yeah. So that's cool, you know, that type of thing. My, my approach is when we get, you know, six, seven, ten games in and we're having problems, then we need to talk, you know, that type of thing. Then, then it's one of those, you know what? There's plenty of opportunity for a Zeller mini rant of some sort. <laughs> oh, there's, listen, there's, there's one coming up, so don't worry about it. Uh, all right, so other United news. Uh, so Minnesota United, because of their awesome uh, end of the year last year, finished. Uh, they will be in the League's Cup, which is the uh, competition between uh, MLS and League MX. Um, the 
MLS sides are hosting. Uh, the first uh, round is uh, round of 16 is in uh, July, July 21st or 22nd. Um, so there will be a match at Allianz either one of those days against a uh, Liga MX side. The Liga, M Liga MX sides have not bet been determined yet. Um, Monterey is qualified because they won uh, the Apertura. Um, then it's the winner of the Clausura, the winner of the Campeones de Campeones tournament, and then like the next four other or five other best teams or whatever. So um, we'll be playing a decent team from Mexico um, at Allianz Field either July 21st or 22nd. The uh, quarterfinals are August 4th or 5th. Semifinals, August 25th or 26th. And the final is September 16th. As long as Minnesota keeps winning, <clears throat> we will keep hosting. Uh, the, the MLS sides keep hosting that tournament. Um, so, yeah. So, one other fun, uh, fun tournament to be a part of. Potential for another trophy that we're, that we're going to be a part of. So, any guys got any thoughts on the, the League Cup? I'm just... With or Leagues thing, Cup, sorry, Leagues. With, yeah, with, Leagues for MLS and Liga MX. Uh, with our added depth, I'm much more excited about this tournament as opposed to had we gone in with the roster last year. Sure. I get the cynicism that this is a little bit of a money grab or that there's, they're, trying no. to, they're trying to drive... Uh, Don, uh, Dan Grabber? Money grab? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm really excited for this. It's going to be fun, even if it's... I, I honestly don't have a huge preference for what uh, Liga MX side comes up here. They're going to be a really good team. We're not going to get some bottom-ass team. Selfishly, I kind of hope for Pumas because they're my team. Uh, mostly because they're unbelievable kits. Yeah. Every year, they're unbelievably great. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, a Morelia fan. I'm a sucker for yellow and red, so... So, yeah, I mean, the point is, is like... No matter who ends up coming to Allianz, it's gonna be it's gonna be way fucking better than the Augsburg game. So let's just throw that out there. Um, I'm excited for this. It's fun. I do really put stock in what people are saying about uh, some pretty serious efforts on both the Mexican and American sides to push the leagues closer together. Just increase the amount of, of interchange. And I mean, we're going to see it this year in the MLS All-Star game. We're going to see it in the League's Cup. We are already seeing it in CCL. I have CCL fever. I don't know if you guys do. Uh, I do not have hashtag CCL fever. That's a shame. But That's a shame. It's, <clears throat> the, yeah. it's the fever you want now, uh, not the one you don't. So honestly, I'm here for it. I don't know what the future holds with these two leagues. There was, there were, there were sniffs and whispers that maybe someday that it's pro-rel with MLS and League MX. That I'm not buying, but... <laughs> I don't see any downside to, to deepening the relationship between the two leagues. Cool. Uh, the Minnesota Twins announced their promotional schedule, and the Minnesota United FC night is on 420, which is fucking perfect. Uh, I'm going to be super high uh, and watch a baseball game. Uh, so that's super cool. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, Dark Clouds are doing uh, tickets. Uh, I think the link will probably go out on Wednesday in the, uh, in the newsletter. So if you are a uh, member of the Dark Clouds and you want to hang out and uh, – Get really high with me on a you know, Monday afternoon. Let me know. I'm definitely down for that. Captain Morgan was named the official rum of Minnesota United FC. That's a, another fun thing that happened. Speaking of money grabs. Yeah, speaking of money grabs. Um, they are going to be the presenting sponsor of the match on April 4th. There's like three or four other MLS teams that are part yeah, of this. Yeah, well, there's, they had like, I think they had like two or three. And then, yeah, this, they, they signed on with three or four other teams as well as Minnesota United. They're actually be doing a limited edition Captain Morgan original spice rum bottle. Featuring team colors, yeah, featuring yeah the teams and the and team color. So I don't know, I might buy that. I I definitely bought a uh, bottle of Liverpool uh, branded champagne before the Champions League final last year. Um, generally, just like going against all previous like 
fucking like you know like just making this uh, not be a thing that happened. But um, let me tell you, man, when we won and I went back home with uh, some of my Liverpool fans uh, friends and my wife, who's a Man City fan, and I cracked that bottle of champagne, I was rock, I was rock fucking hard, rock hard. So, you know, buy buy a bottle of Captain Morgan rum. <laughs> Spawn con. Um, yeah. If we're gonna uh, hawk this, we gotta get paid for it. Uh, two other two other things, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I have a very very mini rant. Um, the uh, fan code of conduct, the MLS fan code of conduct was updated uh, after a, a very abysmal rollout last year. I mean, I think abysmal would be the the nicest way to say how MLS ro- rolled this out and, and their banning of uh, Antifa and the Iron Front logo. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's now, it's, it's better. Um, it's not perfect, um, but perfect is the enemy of the good, right? So it's a step in the right direction. Um, they're making sure that, you know, the Antifa logo and, and the Iron Front logo can be, that are available and, and can be used. Um, also sort of trying to limit it a little bit. They want to, they definitely have, you know, some concerns about stuff. So the, the two most, for those that don't remember, they banned the Iron Front logo and then they unbanned it because they realized what a problem it was causing. And the the Independent Supporters Council wanted to speak with them about in the off season about pro, some human rights issues, basically. And hats off to MLS and the Independent Supporters Council for coming together. They did a lot of work, especially the Cascadian cl- clubs. Yeah, did a lot of heavy lifting for this. Uh, the residents were uh, very, I think, pretty involved in it as well, and and, and, and the support groups in yeah. in the in the Wonderwall as well for for that for that matter. Um, I only really have one problem with it. Honestly, I think they did a great job uh, in that this is an acrimonious election year. I'm actually glad they called out no electioneering because I definitely don't want to see some fucking DC United TFO of one candidate or the other. That's a hard pass from me. Uh, the only issue I have with it is uh, down at the bottom, it says that fans are not allowed to bring in uh, anything that can be used as a missile. And my question is, look, anything can be used as a missile. If my phone could enough, be used as a missile if I really wanted to. It's just over vague. All yeah. I'm saying is, like, you know, if you really wanted to, like, yeah. you know. I think the big thing is they took the word political out of the language, and they and they said the government actions. So, like, things the government does. And and they're also, it sounds like from the uh, emails that I've been on, they're, they're going to be very, um, they're willing to work with the groups as, what that actually means, like they're not, it's not going to be a, a hard, fast. You know, here's where we draw the lines. Like, if if it's if it's much more if it's more positive and more supporting of people, then it will be uh, much more easy. So, I mean, honestly, like they, you know, two years ago, or whatever, when the uh, Mill City Ultras tried to bring in the Philando Castillo uh, oh yeah. banner, we literally there's a picture of me. My I, I have a picture of like after Philando Castillo died because I went to high school with that guy. Me and uh, uh, God, I'm not blanking on her name. Holding up the fucking banner on like the dark clouds, like remembering Philando Castile. So, it's it's. I think it's a step in the right direction. So, MJ, do you have something, or are you just gonna? Okay, cool. Uh, and then uh, finally, Miguel Ibarra finally officially signed with Seattle. Um, he made it onto the 18 for their CCL Fever match. Yep, CCL Fever. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you have any particularly good like Miguel Ibarra story that you might want to be, you might be willing to tell? Or your favorite Miguel Ibarra memory? Uh, Sorry to put you on the spot there. Yeah, no, no, no worries, no worries. He he was always very quiet all the time, so it was tough to get stuff, info out of him and whatnot. You really had to kind of... But I'm 
in all honesty, I'm very, very happy for him. He is such a good guy. You can do nothing but root for him. Uh, it appears that if he doesn't play for Minnesota, the only other teams he play for have to have green and white in their colors. <laughs> uh, Club with, Leon. Yeah, yeah, Leon and now Seattle. Uh, it has been a little weird uh, seeing on Twitter, on social media, him in Seattle jersey and, and, and all of that type of stuff. And But, again, it's about him, the person, and I'm very, very happy that he's, he's doing this. Um, uh, one of my, two of my favorite goals that I can think of that Miguel scored, one against Fort Lauderdale and the other against uh, Armada, Jacksonville Armada. Uh, Miguel goes in and for, against Fort Lauderdale, and I don't remember the years, uh, against Stefan Antonievich, the six foot seven defender, <laughs> and beats him to the ball, the bouncing ball, and hits it up over the keeper, the lofting ball, and it bounces in and goes in the net. And then the other one, ball was played through David Sierra, the Armada goalkeeper, comes out, and I just remember my call going, Ibarra, Sierra, Ibarra, you know, and he scores. And it was just such a pretty, pretty goal and a wonderful finish by Miguel. So those are just two quick goals that kind of stood out for me from Miguel's time here. Yeah, this is uh, Bill. Um, my story from that. We're just giving randos microphones. Yeah, we're going to hand out microphones. We're going to go up to the bar here and give people um, the very final game of last season when, uh, when Miguel came over to the Dark Cloud section. And uh, I just happened to be standing there, and uh, Doreen, who's a mem fellow member of the Dark Literati, had a, uh, a banner that everyone had signed uh, from a while back, and uh, he came over, and it had the Batman wings. And uh, he came over, and we gave it to him, and he just stood there, and he gave, gave us hugs. And, and, you know, the tears in his eyes, and, uh, and he just took it all in, and he just took a moment, and, uh, and it was just, you know, you could just, you know, and he said thank you, and just, you know, never seen a player who just, you know, truly meant it. And that type of stuff is because of the relationships built back in the day. Yeah. They're, I, they're right now, those relationships, in my opinion, are not built anymore. So if Michael Boxel, for example, or, you know, or whomever else, there, none of that's going to happen. We're not going to make a, fans aren't going to make a sign, sign it and whatnot, because there's not that personal connection. Miguel came here, played here during that time where fans and players really formed a bond. Uh, you know, you, you look at Justin Davis, you know running up into the stands and having a cider after games. Yeah. That doesn't happen the, anymore. The fence doesn't fall over when people uh, <laughs> exactly. lean over yeah, for Yeah, yeah, in that game. And that was the moment, I think, that that Bill McGuire was like, that's when yeah. I want to buy the team was when that moment happened. And that type of stuff, yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. And and so Miguel and now Brent Coleman are really, in my opinion, the, the, the remaining, well, not Miguel anymore now, but now Brent is the remaining one to From that, the Nessie days. To that past. Yeah. I have the last uh, Brent Coleman NASL jersey in my closet. <laughs> See, that's, so. and that's, that's the thing yeah. is that people you know, care about that. Where have you had the last pick somebody else jersey? Eh. Yeah. But we have that connection with Brent, yeah. you know, primarily because I've been playing here, but also he's a Minnesota guy. 
Cool. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then uh, we will jump in with the uh, Minnesota United uh, FC preview. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Uh, we're going to jump into our Minnesota United preview. Um, just to give you a recap of last year. Last year we finished fourth in the Western Conference. Uh, 15 wins, 8 draws, and 11 losses. 53 points. We lost at home, unfortunately, to uh, the LA Galaxy in the first round of the playoffs. And uh, there's been a lot of movement that's happened since, uh, since Minnesota United. Uh, U.S. Open Cup final. Oh, yeah, U.S. Open Cup final where we lost to Atlanta in the most depressing fucking match I've ever been in a part of. Yeah, I flew down there. For, I was in you know in Atlanta for like twelve hours, and it was the most depressing twelve hours I ever think I've ever spent anywhere. I've heard Atlanta is a really awesome town. I would like to get back eventually, but you know. Um, so let's talk about who Minnesota United lost this summer or this this off season. We lost a few players. Um, obviously, Bobby Shuttleworth, Miguel, as we mentioned, um, Abu Dinladi in the expansion draft to Nashville. Uh, Schuler, uh, Rasmus Schuler went back to Finland uh, to a do military service. Uh, he had that high and tight cut at the, the very last match of the year. We're like, who the fuck is that? Oh shit, that's Rasmus Schuler. Um, uh, we lost Vito Manone. Uh, he decided he uh, wanted to apply his trades in the uh, Denmark first division. Correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He went back to Reading. And ready loaded him to fair, fair. Uh, Leap and Larry, Leap and Larry's down playing with Miami FC. Uh, we lost uh, Darwin Quintero. We traded him to Houston, uh, and then Bobby Shuttleworth uh, left on a free to Chicago uh, to be the backup to maybe the worst backline in all of MLS uh, in 2020. So that's what we lost. Who did we get? Dan, why don't you tell us who we got? Uh, you know, we we lost a lot of players early in the offseason. We added a lot of players late, which I think kind of. It's an interesting symmetry, uh, but players we've added in, Marlon Harrison uh, was the return for Darwin Quintero, part of the return. Uh, Greg Ranjit Singh, uh, who is proving to be a very capable backup keeper. Um, obviously, I would like to see Tyler Miller start and play 90 minutes in every game, but if we end up with uh, a lot of Greg, or if Greg plays cup competitions, sure. um, I don't hate that. Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned Tyler Miller uh, came in, James Musa from Phoenix. Ja'Cory Hayes in a trade with FC Dallas. Uh, we signed Fred Emmings, who I hope we do not see this season, because at that point, shit will have well and truly hit the fan. The uh, the Emmings family was at the bar on yeah. last Sunday for the, the first I match. It, but yeah, I was, yeah, I, was I got here late. There's literally a person, there's a woman walking around, and I have Fred Emmings, like an Emmings jersey. I was like, oh, you clearly are like... You're their, their parents are like a, a very close aunt or uncle or something. So, yeah, um, which is hilarious. They, they grew up there. It, they, Fred Emmings goes to St. Paul Central High School, like um, same high school I went to. So, like, they, they, they live in the neighborhood, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. I'm super yeah. glad he's with the team. I just, yeah. if he's starting at any point this season, bad, oh, bad yeah, 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 things have happened to Minnesota yeah. United. Yes. Even, not even in the, like, the FC Augsburg game if he's getting minutes. I mean, maybe he gets minutes there. I'm really hoping that he actually – gets to play some professional games this year but like for like for Madison or a USL like uh, League One club yeah absolutely uh, last couple signings uh, big salary Aaron Schoenfeld who apparently uh, has a gigantic told, dick apparently told Jerry Zagoda that he was given the nickname big salary because of quote something from the shower um, 
I have so many questions that I desperately do not want answered. I, I would <laughs> I would love to sit down with Jerry Zagoda. So Jerry Zagoda uh, is uh, a Star, Star Tribune, Tribune reporter uh, that has mostly covered golf and the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves, yeah. Um, the dude clearly has zero con- I, I think his contact in Minnesota United is probably Adrian fucking Heath. No, it's, um, it's Chris Wright because Chris, oh, Wright, Chris was Wright was the CEO at oh, uh, the Timberwolves. Oh shit! Yeah, okay, that makes uh, that makes all the sense now. Um, I, I don't I don't mean to shit on uh, someone trying to do their job, but he's just really bad at covering this team. Like we've had Andy Greater on this podcast. And if Jerry Zagoda wants to come on this podcast and defend himself, happy to have him. We'll we, we'll we'll let him rip rip us to shreds too. Because listen, we're not we're not uh, we're not you know great by any stretch of the imagination. But man, he is he really bad at reporting him on we, Minnesota we, United. We, we miss Megan Ryan. Yes, that is true. We definitely well, miss Megan Ryan. And I think in Jerry's defense, it, it was brutally difficult for him to have spent almost his entire career on one beat, develop all of the sourcing he needed with that, because he was an incredibly good Wolves reporter. Uh, I've said this before, I'll say it again. The sports reporting in this town is absolutely top class like the fact that we have multiple really fucking good reporters on the mls team is not something most markets have um and jerry was a really good timberwolves reporter he wasn't there anymore they moved him to mls and now he's got to rebuild his sourcing from scratch and it was last year was a rough year but i'm a little bit like we were talking that's, about it's preseason last year the first year on the beat look as, that's an, as understa- the one, as an as understatement the one of this common host who went to journalism school let me tell you hey fuck you <laughs> I didn't say I graduated, but I did go. Um, get Developing that sourcing is really, really fucking difficult. So cool. it, would, it would not at all surprise me if Jerry was a lot better this year than he was last year. Right, who else, are, who else are we bringing in? Maria? Some guy, some guy, Luis something. Luis, Luis Yellow Luis something. Yellow. Uh, Raheem Edwards, Aaron Schoenfeld, the aforementioned Giant Dong, and uh, Jose I, Aha. Aha. Uh, yes. Uh, Cal, Cal Williams on the call uh, confirmed Aha. So I'm going to be singing Take On Me. Uh, anytime he's on the pitch. So if you want to get really fucking annoying or annoyed by me singing Take On Me all the time uh, when uh, Jose Aha is on the pitch. Uh Aha. Come on. Come on, hang up. Hang up on the deck Glitterati and Red Loons because that's where I'll be. (laughs) Guys, we've not yet fully signed uh, Noah Billingsley. uh, First round pick. We have not, I think, formally signed any of our draft picks. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Question we have mark. not. Uh, and then the two trialists, uh, Oswaldo Henriquez and Lamar Batista. Lamar Batista um, did not give me enough going forward to get excited about him signing. He looks like a fine defender, but more than anything, that dude was fucking huge. Like, a lot of soccer players are built very similarly, almost irrespective of position. Aaron Show and Feldeiko Parra kind of being two differentiators. The two players that stood out were Thomas Chacon, 5'5", who just looks small on a field of even with other people who are not maybe gigantic NBA-sized players, and Lamar Batista, who legitimately looked both taller and just built. Like, he, if, if shit really went down and Minnesota United got in a brawl, let's say Harrison Heath spit on someone again, uh, I want Batista signed just to fight other players. Nicknamed Drax the Destroyer. I, uh... I still have, I have that, that picture I won at the Dark Cloud Asylum auction at the uh, end of last year of Harrison Heath getting a red card for that spitting ex- incident. And I, just, I wake up every morning and I look at that picture and I can't help but smile and start my day with a smile. Um, <laughs> am, I, am I a terrible person, Chris, uh, Chris Lindholm? Well, that's his only contribution to it. <laughs> I, wake, I, I, I wake up I, I, every morning, I turn, it's on my nightstand, I turn off my alarm, I wake up and I see... The referee giving a red card to Harrison Heath, and I'm like, 
Oh, yeah. So that I'm not getting a red in, card today, so. That picture's in your bedroom? Yes. Okay. There, oh, I've, there, I've, there no, more, no, no, there no, 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 no. Don't dig oh, down yeah, that yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> there are more issues than I thought. Oh, I have more <laughs> questions yeah. we don't want answered. Yeah, I have certainly masturbated to that picture, so, um, yeah. I had a, so, as you're talking about, Dan, about Simon Batista, just to be in that scenario, little my playing days, playing for the U of M club team, Emil was my six foot six Swedish center back <laughs> and playing in a Big Ten tournament. I got undercut, landed hard on my head, and I hear Emil, you do that again, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> this is in the first half, this is against Iowa, club <laughs> soccer, second half. Uh, another forward hits me on a corner kick, hits me into the post. And you hear Emil go, God damn it, I told you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hear guys go, Emil. And then you hear, whack. And Emil punched him in the face. <laughs> and needless to say, it was shown a red card and we played short for the remainder. But along those lines, you know, it's like, yeah, Emil, good old Emil. You do, you do want those guys. What am I, so, yeah. Uh, in the midst of our dire 2017 season, one of my all-time favorite Loons rumors came out, which is that at the deadline, they were going to sign Matthew Flamini, uh, who is an interesting player for two reasons. One, for the story I'm about to tell, but then two, he also owns a French biotech company, made more money on that company than he ever has as a legitimate EPL player. He played for Arsenal in two stints. But in one of the games that he was playing with Jack Wilshire, and Jack Wilshire got fouled constantly because he's made his fun sugar and unicorn tears. Uh, and he's small. He's also small, and, and he, he is the style of, of attacker that does draw a lot of files. Flamini grabbed a guy by the collar and looks at him and goes, if you touch him again, I will blind you, which is a very specific threat, and I'm really here for that. You do want the one guy on every roster that you look at him and go, if he loses his mind, someone may not come out with their limbs. And I or their eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So yeah, so so we're all we're all in agreement. Sign Lamar Batista uh, as a fullback depth, right? Yeah, every, yeah yes. and play him in every sporting match yep. and uh, every Atlanta match. Oh, I, yeah, I would love to see that guy take on Sporting <laughs> Kansas City. Um, he would just go out the entire Shot roster. Uh, so let's break it down. Um, we'll go front to back. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that. Um, so let's talk about the attack. So my big notes here, obviously, no more Darwin Quintero, um, which. Is not necessarily no DQ means our blizzard of goals is gone. <laughs> um, I really uh, wish we could assign some people with the last name McDonald so we could get in a McFlurry of goals to replace the DQ blizzard of goals. Did not happen. Uh, sir, your puns are not uh, not appreciated here. <laughs> um, so Dan disagrees with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we bring it on uh, the yellow lady, uh, Luis Amaria, uh, who has promised 25 goals for Minnesota United, not including the preseason, FYI, as he uh, rightfully pointed out. Uh, I have uh, Reynos, yes, Ray or Reynos, no. Um, obviously, we did not. Uh, I had a mini rant uh, teed up for uh, us not signing Reynoso and all the fucking idiots on Twitter Watson's who were like, it's, it's 25% done. I'm not going to go on that rant. I'm just going to stop here. But we have uh, hashtag Chuck a cone. Um, do we have 2017 Molino or 2018 Molino? Those are the questions I have. Uh, that Molino toy connection was amazing last year in the, in the like the four or five games where they actually played together. Um, I think Molino set toy up four or five times, if I'm not correct. The Wednesday, uh, this is Bill. Yeah. The Wednesday, you, have to, uh, match. you don't have to announce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk. The Wednesday match against Portland. Uh, 
I was amazed uh, how quickly they were able to adjust in the second half and shut Molino down. Uh, he had a great first half. Second half just disappeared. Yeah. That's an, that's an interesting point. Um, the other things I have, so we have uh, Big Celery. Uh, he of the gigantic dong uh, as a big change of pace, uh, tall-ass motherfucker who can put his head on the ball. And then, yeah, again, so we talked about Luis Samaria, 25 goals. What do you guys think about the uh, the attack for uh, 2020 for Minnesota United? It's hard not to be excited about, one, having this attack fully healthy. Uh, you know, going into last season, we had Finley coming back from the knee injury, had Molino coming back from the knee injury, and he took even longer, came into midseason. Um, looking at the players we lost, honestly, this time last year we were talking about Romario Ibarra and, and whether or not he would be the player that could that could sort of... He's really good. I wish, I God. It's, it's, a, it's a lost lost opportunity. I, I do not fault him at all. Absolutely zero oh, yeah, no, percent. No, 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 it's just no, no. a bummer. And the club did good by him. They yeah. yeah, I think honestly that's that's something that we should be, we as a club and as supporters, we should be proud of that the club saw that he was not in a good place as a person and went, okay, we, we need to fix this. I think that's that's absolutely great. But point being, this time last year we were like, okay, can also, we get... Also, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, forever. For those that don't know, uh, his wife, or not, his girlfriend, they were not married. His girlfriend and his child could not cross the border. The, the theory is... Uh, if they had been married, they probably would have been a shoe-in, or the paper would have, would have been easier. But under yeah. Trump's ice, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard not to look at this attack, understand where the goals are going to come from, and sort of how they're going to build, and not be excited about it. I mean, obviously last year, you look at Quintero and you say, okay, if this guy does what he did the year before, Minnesota United's in great shape. The back line is far more secure. This is going to be a playoff team because Quintero's going to score 15 goals. He's going to assist 15 goals. And the back line will absolutely hemorrhage uh, long-distance shots and easy follow-ups. But I think there's a more cohesive unit here. Um, I think the, the big X factors to me are Chacon and Lude. If either of those guys starts to come good, the attack coalesces in a really, really useful way. If they don't, we're still a little lopsided. Um, it's still a, a team that can't really attack down the left and is far stronger on the right than they are on the left in total. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm really liking the fact that Raheem Edwards is a natural left winger. Now, will we ever see him on the left wing is another question. Uh, Luis, Luis Amaria, his second position besides being a center forward is a left wing. So we could put him on the left wing and put Toy up top. So I would love to see Edwards on the Raheem Edwards on the left, Lude playing attacking uh, midfield, and a Molino on the right wing, kind of people more in their natural positions, and uh, Luis Amaria and Toy up top. Will we see that? How many games will it take Keith to realize we should get there? Who knows? Chris. Well, one thing for certain, when it comes to the attack, we will be a heck of a lot faster now that Angelo Rodriguez is gone. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, <laughs> that will be the big thing, and that will make a world of difference because now we're going to be able to keep back lines on their heels, and you're going to have the constant movement up front of speedy players, and that's going to cause the back line, the opponent's back line, some problems. So that's to me, is a, a, a big difference and a big thing to look forward to is the speed quality of the attack instead of, what looks to be going in slow motion is not going, you know, that type of thing. We're actually going to go at him with speed, and that'll cause some problems. Cool. So uh, I'm just going to throw this out there really quickly. Uh, this is not in the notes. Uh, we scored 52 goals last year. 
Uh, do we score more or less goals this year? Just, what are you thinking? I think we score more. Uh, I think if you look at the expected goals that United was supposed to score, uh, particularly at the end of last season, it was, you know, two and a half, three goals like, expected a game, and a lot of those chances fell to Angelo Rodriguez, and he scored none of them, uh, which I, I am not a striker, so maybe there's more to this than I'm paying attention to, but I feel like your job is to score when you're the striker. So I think the fact that if, if Amaria ends up being the player it seems like he could be that alone will push us i mean hell if he scores his 25 that's about halfway there listen as someone who played striker on the daves i know uh futsal team uh that neck gets real fucking tiny when you're shooting at it um so i skied a couple so mj what do you think over not, under 52 not just goals. a couple he's yeah got, no no he's got quite a few yeah yeah no 100 uh, percent. No, no. i'll take the over over chris more than 52 well, 52? Yeah. Uh, well, Amaria is good for 25, so that means we got to get, you know. Molino, another... Molino, get, Molino gets like eight. Uh... You know, I, I think I think we're going to get more. More than 52. Okay. Uh, by just a little bit. I, I tend to agree. I think we I think we do more than 52. I'm going to take the under. Oh, oh, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Uh, this is Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, under? Yeah, I'm going to take the under. Any particular reason why? Or? Uh, um, yeah, I, I think I think we're thin. I uh, I hear I keep hearing people say that we have depth. I don't see the depth. All right. Um, yeah. I uh, yeah, and I don't and I don't see uh, with with Lod playing the left, which he's not a left, and with Finley playing the right, and I I, I see Finley's slower than he used to be. He's lost True. his speed, and I just don't see Finley as a creative as a creative player anymore he just he gets the ball and it goes nowhere i see a lot of the goals coming from the middle of the park up the middle yeah not from the wings but yeah straight yeah. up the gut cool all right well let's talk about that midfield then uh Greg goose and alonso are both back uh they're both one year older um we also have hasani dotson uh he of uh getting some u.s uh youth national team experience um potentially being gone for a little bit uh during the olympics if Assuming that the USD men's national team qualifies for the Olympics, um, brought in uh, James Musa from uh, Phoenix and Jacory Hayes. Uh, sort of, you know, we actually, to Bill's point, we actually have some, we actually have some young depth at at the midfield position. Central midfield. Um, so, what are you guys thinking about uh, our our midfield? Is are we going to expect the same output from Gregus and Alonso? Ozzy looked, granted, his first game back. He did not play in other preseason games. He looked he looked slow. He was about three steps behind what we want Ozzy to be. I don't think that was the age. I just think that was like he was dealing with other issues. Now he's back into the mix. And I'll just piggyback on something that Chris said earlier. It's preseason. Not too worried. If we get to the you know game time come Portland and Ozzy's still not reading the field and reading the situations as fast, I'll be concerned. But uh you know, he looked a little rough in that Vancouver game. I'm nervous about the midfield. Uh, not so much Grey Goose, who really grew into the season last year. Um, he was really good at the end. If you guys remember the first couple of games, he looked real rusty. Um, and so I think, I think that's instructive. He did score a goal in his first game, and uh, we were watching it in the back, and uh, Wes had offered like $3 uh, Grey Goose shots if Grey Goose scored and he fucking scored in the first game and everybody was like just 
we got real fucking hammered on uh, on Grey Goose, on three dollar Grey Goose. So there is that. All right. Well, so subsequently, I mean, he gets the the terrible red card in the Toronto game. Um, in retrospect, probably one of the worst games of the season. Uh, but we won't relive that. Um, I think he'll be really, really solid as the eight. Ozzy Alonso was remarkably healthy last year. I think pretty much single-handedly won the training staff, med staff of the year last year because Seattle had struggled to keep him on the field. He's a guy, both in his style of play and now at his age, he just breaks down a little easier than he used to. Um, Getting two years of that in a row, that feels like betting against the odds to me. The flip side is I think Asani Dotson is a legit six. Um, so the fact that we have two of those on the roster is pretty fucking remarkable, considering most teams don't have one. Um, so I, yeah. I'm still nervous. Like if Ozzy misses considerable time, if Asani does end up going to the Olympics, although the U.S. group is is more difficult than easy, um, I think there could be some real issues there. But I think until that point, uh, you know, looking at at week one where we are right now i think it'll be a strength and it will be a strength up until the point it becomes a glaring gaping unfathomable weakness uh this is chris uh i think the midfield i'm not worried really up the middle of the park it's just on the wings like everybody's been talking about but it's not even necessarily who's out there it's just the the wings itself that position whoever's out there that's where we really need to kind of step it up a little bit uh, nothing against the players that are out there. Uh, just that that area that we really need to, I think, focus on. But to me, middle of the park is just fine. All right. Uh, so d- our defense. Um, so, again, we're running it back like last year. Uh, we have Ike, uh, defensive uh, player of the year, uh, and Boxo in the center of the park. Um, Coleman still has his five games left on his suspension, so he will not be part of the team uh, for at least five weeks. Um Aha uh-huh, says brought in, was brought in his backline depth. Gasper in his second year, um, theoretically he takes a step forward. Again, I'm I'm very very worried about sophomore slum. We also brought in Raheem Edwards, who is a guy who can who can uh, work on that backline, as well as uh, Marlon Harrison, Harrison and uh, Hassani Dotson, who has has been deputized as a left back as well on occasion when need be. Um, so we have a little bit of depth there. I don't. I think we need more depth. I think. I don't. I think we're. I think we're probably lacking one more defender. Uh, maybe that's Batista. Um, I think we need somebody else there, especially after uh, trading White Olmsberg away. Um, what do you guys have on the on the back line? You know, I think this will be a strength for the team again. Um, a little bit like Ozzy, we had Ike's healthiest season maybe ever. Um, which made the team almost impenetrable at the back. Uh, the relationship he and Box all formed were was incredible. I think that was that was so much more than we saw Michael Boxall being capable of with Coleman. Um, speaking of and I, Calvo and yeah and Calvo specifically Calvo. Who's, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just who's now partnering with White Olmsberg on the back line of Chicago Fire. Good luck. <laughs> uh, you know the Shuttleworth being their only saving grace. Fair. Uh, also. With them at Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> that's it's not great. Anytime you're emulating the uh, the 2017 loons on your back line, you're not you're not making good choices. Um, it's a shame that the phrase "mistake by the lake" has already been used. It'd be a great phrase for Chicago this year. Um, I am glad that we saw a diving header from Coleman in uh, in the preseason. I was gonna you know I was really missing that. Brent Coleman loves a diving header. Uh, he does. <laughs> uh, one one really good thing we haven't <laughs> mentioned. 
is uh, we'll have Metanair for the full season this year. It's not an AFCON year. So, I mean, I think he misses for qualifying, but he won't miss that big chunk of time in the middle of the season like True. he did this year. Um, again, it's a health question here. If Ike stays totally healthy, I think, once again, this will be one of MLS's stingiest defenses. But, boy, you pull him out, and all of a sudden, everything else looks weaker by comparison. Uh, I don't really share your uh, skepticism over Gasper, I think, jumping on a theme of this podcast. It was the preseason. Um, he's still not wonderful going forward. He's always going to be stronger in defense than he is uh than he is going forward, but it's not. I just don't think he's a good defender either. So well, yeah, no, there were times where they would be coming down our right side, their left side, and in preseason, and Boxall and Gasper had completely overcommitted middle, leaving leaving the left side wide open, and they got, we got a lot, let in a lot of backdoor goals that way. It's just preseason. There's time to iron out the kinks, but this isn't like this is well, an it's, issue that. This is an issue I've seen like going on to last year, you know, yeah. like, like so that's why I'm concerned. So it's 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 Boxel and Metonier uh, on the right, and then Gasper and Opara on the on the left. Am I am I wrong about? Okay, I'm my bad. Like ninety, like ninety percent sure. Okay, like is maybe is it reverse? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. Boxel so it's 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 and Gasper. Okay, yeah. so, so so I am right in remembering that. So that's, so so part of that might be so I I, I, I hate do not mean to bring it always back to Liverpool, but, um, <laughs> but also I will bring it back to Liverpool. Fucking so, copite. So Van Dyke and um, uh, Robertson uh, play on the left of the left side of the defense, right? So uh, the so Trent and um, Gomez or Matip or whoever is on the on the right get the bulk of the because no one wants to go up against Virgil Van Dyke. I think that might be the same issue that we're seeing here is that people don't want to go up against Michael Copara. They're like, oh yeah, I'll take I'll take our chances with Michael Boxall and, you know, Chase Gasper versus uh, Romain Metnir and uh, sure. yeah, yeah, Ikopara. I, I think the league learned last year, you don't want to attack Ikopara and you damn sure don't want to have to plan your game around, oh yeah, we'll just dispossess Metnir in the midfield. No, you won't. No. <laughs> so... Cool. Chris, anything you want to add on the, on the defense? You just... Nope, uh, just that's going to be the key to the yeah. success this year will be that out the back line and how they play. This is Jennifer. Um, I'd like to add, uh, you know, to me, the, the biggest downfall is if Ike goes out, um, you know, where are we? Um, we really got to bring in an, another center. Um, that, that would be a huge signing. Um, Boxel, when you were talking about Boxel, uh, if – when they get him isolated on a counterattack, you know, as a lone as a lone center back, um, that's where he's most vulnerable. That's where we've given up so many goals. Um, and uh, you know, when he's when he's in the center, when when we're in our you know typical, you know, defense, he's solid. He uh, he's one of the best defenders in the league, I think. And last last year, he just stepped up. I was the biggest critic of Boxel his first two seasons. And last year, you know, I love saying I was wrong. Um, I think I think Gasper's better than MJ says, but um, I don't know. think he's bad. I just think he's got to look at some video and realize yeah. the back, the backs, the weak side marking thing is a big big problem. De defensively, for me, it's Dotson who's not a great defender. Um, I think he's got a great offensive mind, but I think he, I think him going to the Olympics would be a great thing because he yeah. would get playing time. 
and uh, and that would help his defensive ability. So, uh, you know, and obviously Metinair and Opara are solid. So, all right. And the final part piece of the uh, the backline puzzle is the goalkeeper. Uh, obviously, we we went from Manone to Miller. Uh, we brought in Rajit Singh uh, as a backup, uh, sending Shuttleworth off to. Uh, Hell, the hell that is Chicago and the Chicago Fire, um, and then we sent Dane uh, St. Clair on a, a season-long loan to San Antonio. Correct. San Antonio. Okay. Uh, and then we have Fred Emmings, obviously, as we signed as a homegrown player. Uh, and what are your thoughts I, on on that transition? I I like Tyler Miller. I like an aggressive goalkeeper um, personally as a as a goalkeeper uh, myself in, in hockey and broomball. I I prefer to be more aggressive than less aggressive. Which again, sometimes is a detriment. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my thoughts. What do you guys think? Sort of to Bill's point on uh, Boxel getting isolated one on one. I wonder if this is where Miller will be useful. Um, you know, if, if Boxel is isolated, Manone was pretty rock solid on his line, and there's pros and cons to that. But Boxel's never really going to be isolated with Tyler Miller roaming around <laughs> as, as a sweeper keeper. So that may end up being less of an issue. It may also end up being more of an issue if he's way out of position and gets chipped all the time. Um, I like Tyler Miller. I was a, I'm was a huge Vito Manone stan. I hope he kills it uh, with whatever games he plays in Denmark. I hope he then doesn't play in Denmark and play somewhere good. Um, so I was really nervous when the team didn't re-sign him, but I think Miller... Miller is at least his equivalent and probably honestly an upgrade. We avoided Joe Hart. Which is oh, very that's important. so amazing. It's like the most important statement, I think, is that we avoided Joe Hart. And thus we avoided needing an international slot for a goalkeeper. You know, having someone like Tyler Miller. And having Joe Hart on, our, on, on my well, fucking yeah. team that I care about. It would be fun to hear him just absolutely scream at someone. <laughs> that's like the one disappointment I have with not signing Joe Hart is not hearing him absolutely ream out the defense in a way that is totally inappropriate for a goalkeeper, but no one ever taught him that. Chris, as a former goalkeeper, you like Tyler Miller? I'm okay with uh, an aggressive keeper as long as, like I said earlier, like as long as it's smart. Uh, along the scenario that we're talking about, Boxel getting isolated, uh, the key will be Miller reading the forward with the, with the ball. Staying, staying in position in case of the shot, but as soon as that pass leaves that forward's foot, Miller needs to be all over it and smother the, beat the other, you know, beat the other attacking player to the ball. Or it's a matter of timing, being at the player, the attacking player's feet, right when the ball gets there, and pouncing on that ball, shutting him down. That's going to be the key. It will be how Miller reads that, reads that pass. Okay. One other idea. Most of preseason, we didn't see Ozzy Lonzo on the field. One of his strengths is when Opara or Gasper or Metinier get far up the pitch, he kind of falls back and fills that role. We didn't see that a lot because Ozzy wasn't on the pitch. And we, I don't think Dotson's a natural six. I think he's a great eight. Um, he could be a decent 10, but I don't think Heath will ever give him a chance to, play, to try to play him at 10. But, like... Without without a, another natural six, I mean Musa's a good good fill in for depth, but we really it would be nice to have a younger a younger natural six that primarily thinks about falling back, not going forward. That would have that would have been great analysis ten minutes ago when we were talking about the midfield. Late to everything. <laughs> Hashtag late to everything. <laughs> kidding, kidding. All right. Um, so very quickly, uh, so the front office, um, we had there's some developments. Uh, 
Technical staff. Uh, yeah, technical staff. Uh, Heath and Watson were given bigger roles in the in the front office in terms of acquiring players. Uh, Manny working more on the development of the uh, the youth team as well as theoretically a uh, uh, USL team as well. Um, MJ, I think these are your notes, right? Sean McCauley brought in as yeah. a defensive coach slash player person. He is not listed on the website yet. I don't know why, but I'm assuming, uh, hey, it's still preseason. We'll, sure. We'll cut the web team some slack. Yeah. And then, uh, this is so this is actually, I think, a legitimate point is that this is the first time um, since joining us that we haven't, we haven't been trying to, like, fix something that was totally fucking broken, as in defense or opening uh, or starting a, a, a MLS team, moving into our own our own space. Like, this is the first time we've had actually a relatively, like, light offseason in terms of, like, all the stuff that needs to happen in the front office. And, Chris, you obviously, you worked with the team, so you have a, a, probably a little bit of insight in terms of, like, how, how that can affect uh, what is going on. Um, how, 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 how important do you think it is uh, to have just a stable... It's like, hey, we we have we have our we have our we have our stadium, we have our training facility. How like what like what is that stability? We have our game day staff. Yeah, game day staff. Like we're not like trying to hire more people. So yeah, what is that? Like, oh, it makes a world of difference because now not only you're trying to, from a front office standpoint, from the public relations and stuff, trying to talk about everything. Hey, we've got a brand new stadium and this and that, and marketing. Got a brand new stadium. The stadium is marketing itself. The fans, 100%, the all fans the time. are marketing it for the team as well. So that's something that's off the plate. Now, in year two of Allianz, the front office can focus on the team, the, the everything that goes along with it. Yeah, the, you know, all of those uh, items, they, they don't have to worry about the stadium anymore because the stadium speaks for itself. And so, yeah, now it makes it, it's one big thing off their plate, in my opinion. Um, I'm sure there's things, little things that will be added or are added. But the big thing, the first year of Allianz, we're now in year two. Yeah. I'm, and I'm just excited, excited that the, they gave Heath uh, uh, VIP access to the rope store. So he has all of the rope uh, <laughs> for the rope store. Um, all right. Now we'll, we'll end this on uh, predictions. The, the rope store. The rope that- store. Yeah, so, yeah. Zeller thinks that he's gotten enough rope to hang himself at this point. Yeah, at this point, yes. You give this guy (laughs) that much responsibility, there becomes no more other people to blame or pass the buck off to other than Keith. All right, so uh, so we, we got some predictions. Um, so what is the what do you think the Minnesota United's final position is in the Western Conference table? Uh, let's start uh, with Dan. I've got him at fifth. Um, honestly, you could really sell me anywhere on a... I don't think they can get it a second. Anywhere from about third to ninth. And some of that is some positional lack of depth. Namely, we don't have a second Ike Opara, a second Ozzy Alonso. But honestly, it's mostly the Western Conference is really good this year. And there's a lot of teams that are going to be vying for those spots. I think United dukes it out uh, and and gets into fifth. But, man, the, the West is just tough. MJ? You know, we finished fourth in the West last year. I would love to say that we improve and we finish third in the West. But I agree with Dan. The West is is really tough. All the other teams improved too. I have them at sixth this year. Chris, uh, I'm I'm in that same boat, four to six, somewhere yeah. in that area. I mean, I, I have them in fifth. Um, I, I think I, when I mentioned on the Western Conference preview, I think I could see them going anywhere from third to tenth. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bill or uh, sorry, uh, Stephanie, <laughs> Tina, T- Tina, sorry. Sorry, I forgot. I 
did not properly. Uh, uh, yeah. I actually have them seventh. Seventh. So just making the playoffs. Yeah. So we all have them in the playoffs. That's that's actually that's a yeah. good thing. I think. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the playoffs, do we do we expect them to win a playoff game? I can't say yes to that. It's but again, it's not a shot on them. It's just a. All of those first-round playoff matchups outside of maybe Seattle and LAFC are going to be complete 50-50s to me. Yeah, I think it's a big difference on whether we sign someone like a Reynoso or not. I mean, okay, but as the team stands now, I would say not good enough to win that first playoff match. Um, so I have them finishing fifth. I have Portland finishing fourth. I said I think we go to Portland for a playoff match, and I think we lose that playoff match. Yeah, I, maybe, but I'm going to that game oh, for yeah, sure. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that the, the, they're going to get that first playoff win this year uh, and uh, go on to the next round. I, I, I'm feeling better about this year than, I, than last year. Cool. Uh, so I didn't put this in here, but uh, Open Cup. How do we feel about the Open Cup run? Um, theoretically, uh, if things go as well, we could be playing either Ford Madison or Minneapolis City in the Open Cup when uh, we get... Like, if if everything if everything goes perfectly, um, which I think playing Minneapolis City at uh, at Ornelson would be fucking amazing. <laughs> it would be fucking amazing. Um, and I would definitely wear my Minneapolis City uh, oh, shirt for that match. I, I, so. I would be all all crows. So what do you guys? I mean, just I, I, we're not going to talk about. But uh, let's talk about the other thing, the League's Cup, the ML, the League MX uh, MLS tournament. Um, obviously, we don't know who we're playing yet. But like, what would be a, a good outcome from from the League's Cup? I, I would I would say, at least a, a win getting into the uh, the quarterfinals, minimum, because I would show a, that we beat a Liga MX team. A optimistic call would be for them to beat their first Liga MX opponent, and then whoever they play next. I don't. I would predict that they don't. But even with the added depth they have, I I, I think it'll be an entertaining game. But I don't think we win that game. But Optimistically, yeah, that, I think that's a successful league, League's Cup is if you win that first game. I think a League's Cup run depends entirely on how the U.S. Up Open Cup is going. I think the club will prioritize U.S. Open Cup over League's Cup. And so if they're making a run there, I could see them sort of squad rotating for some game against Club America when we know we're going to get our ass kicked anyway. Um, but if we get upset early in the U.S. Open Cup, I can see the, US, the team putting serious resources into League's Cup. So that's sort of the X factor there. Honestly, I think they they host a game. I think they give the League MX team a, a serious good game, but I don't see them winning. I'll be honest. I'm I'm kind of ho hum on the whole thing. I uh, entirely I just, fair. Yeah, I just it doesn't super super interest me. Uh, it, the fact being also. How often, when you talk about runs that teams made in certain tr in tournaments and things along those lines, do people talk a lot about a run in a league's cup? Not really. Not that I can remember. I mean, this you is know. its first year, isn't it? Wigan, Wigan, so, yeah. Wigan, fucking won a Carabao or an FA Cup over Man City, uh, and they got relegated that year and they played in fucking Europe the next year from the championship so don't you don't you dare Dispar right. disparage cups the Carling Cup yeah. we still talk about playing against Jason Christ well yeah we talk about the 2005 Five. Open Cup yeah yeah because that was a hell of a run exactly. for, you know against some and so don't say we don't talk about runs but that's, but that, that's the Open Cup 
I'm yes. talking about League's Cup and something along yeah. those lines. But this is the first year. No, I know, but I'm saying... From like, the broadly standpoint. speaking, the DFB Pokal. And yeah, that. yeah, it's the, the Zeller Cup. Nobody's going to talk about the Zeller you know, Cup. Well, Listen, man, the, cu- the, the, the company cup, cup, cup of championship cups uh, that, that we won. <laughs> yes, that's true. The days we I know won is, uh, is, is, is sacred. It's fucking sacred. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're going to wrap our preview up with uh, Dan. Uh, put up some. Uh, uh, and Chris, I'm, we're going to throw you under the bus here because you do not have access to this document. Uh, some lines for uh, goals, uh, assists, goals plus assists, things like that. Uh, and so kind of want to get everybody's opinion on this. So. Dan, again, Dan set the lines on all these things. Dan is not a uh, a Vegas sportsbook uh, person, so that you know of. You, you are you not a professional of. odds maker, Dan. Yeah. So I might be. So Luis Amaria goals. He set the line at six and a half. So, uh, and this is for good reason. Most of these have some reference to last year. Yes. Uh, so Amaria, this is before Amaria said he was scoring twenty five, which made me feel a little sheepish. Uh, six and a half. Uh, six is what Angela Rodriguez scored last year. So the question here is essentially. Do you think Amaria is going to be better than Angelo Rodriguez? Dan said under. I did take the under yeah. like three weeks ago. I but took yeah. the over. I took the over. I took the under. Yeah. So, Chris, you, six and a half goals, over or under? He's going to get over six and a half goals. Yeah. Was a that week. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I think he might get six and a half goals by like end of March. Honestly, with the way he's playing. Uh, toy Mason Toy goals. Uh, Dan set the line at eleven and a half. Uh, I think we all took the under on this one. Chris, we- I'm with the majority on that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, Lewd assists plus goals, nine and a half. That's an aggressive line of nine and a half, and I went under. What did you do? Uh, I hit the over on that. I think I think he's got a, a pretty decent eye for a pass, and I think particularly if we give him credit for drawing penalties as assists, which depending that's on which not fa- how that's not how it works. Depends on what fantasy league you're in. Uh, <laughs> I want a title that way. Um, I think he. I think he's got a legit shot at it. All right, MJ. I think this is uh, Lude's coming out party. As much as I have, I'm, I've been the biggest uh, Lude apologist, but, and I'm very very bi- biased. But, but I, think I, Ro- I think Rodrigo might. Uh, might have a word so for you I, there. I, I, I think he scores or gets more assists than goals, but I, I take the over at nine and over. a half. All right. Bill? I took the under. I, uh, I don't believe in him. Neither do I. Uh, Chris? Nine and a half. Goals and assists. Nine goals and plus and assists, half. yep. I'm going to go over. I think, oh. I think I'm going to go over on that one. Ag- aggressive. All right. But, but uh, not by a whole lot. It's. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, Kevin Molino assist. Uh, Dan set the over-under at uh, five and a half. Uh, I took the over. Uh, Dan, you took the under. Tell us. Can you tell us why? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he had like four assists with Mason Toy last year in like three games. Yeah, well, I mean, two of them in one game when he was putting in assists from like 35-yard shifts. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, which was fucking incredible. But let's not pretend that that's a repeat. I think, honestly, this is the difference between, a little bit to your question earlier, do we get the the Molino that we expected or the Molino that we've had so far? Uh, I think he has a legit shot at, at 10 or 11. I think there's also a version of this season when he gets about three. Um, so it's a question, do you think he stays healthy? Do you think... He and Amaria, he and Toy can figure out their chemistry. So far in the preseason, it looks good, but let's see him against the first-team defense. Um, the Molino assists, I, I took the over. I feel very optimistic. 
I took the uh, over. Uh, I don't think he's signed his contract yet. Uh, resigned a new contract yet, and I took the uh, over because that is a motivation. Uh, I'm going to go with the over as well. Uh, I, yeah, he'll do more than five and a half, probably eight, nine range would be my guess. Uh, and this is for all competitions, right? No, this is just in the league. Just MLS? Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm not counting any Molino assists against Minneapolis City. God, bl- God bless him. But if he puts up a half dozen, I'm not taking the. I'm not taking the- <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, I hope that match happens just for giving Dan Hodeman and the rest of his team the marketing opportunity. Because they are going to run that thing to the absolute 100% level. And it's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. It would be uh, amazing. All right. Grey Goose, goals and assists. Uh, Dan set this line at 10.5, which is a, an aggressive line. Yeah. That's about what he had last year. Yeah. All right. I took the under. Uh, I think I, that's, I'm going to bang that really hard uh, with uh, whatever Vegas book that you have uh, or offshore book that you have. Um, <laughs> tell me why you uh, picked the over. Um, yeah. Sorry. Just double checking his goals and assists last year. Uh, I'll say that oh, I no. took the under. Because while I liked a lot of what I saw out of uh, Greg Goosh last year, a lot of times people like Ethan Finley chose to run straight at the net rather than pass a nice diagonal ball back up to him. And I don't see our right side you know, getting him the ball in places where he can score like he should. It has less to do with Greg Goosh and more of the pieces around him. Yeah, so he had, he had 10 goals and assists last year, one goal, nine assists. Uh, we were told he was a pretty decent shooter from outside the box. Last season, that didn't really materialize. I think regression to the mean comes in. He scores more than one goal, and I think having Amaria and and or Toy around him is going to give him someone to finish the really good passes he put in last year that went to, say, Angelo Rodriguez or Darwin Quintero on an off day. Yeah, I, what did I take? The over? Uh, you know, I think he suffers from a little bit of Alexi Gomez uh, souvenir ball syndrome, uh, putting it up into the uh, into the crowd. But uh, you know, his haircut is starting to look a little like a, a mohawk, a little bit. And I think he's uh, I think he's settling in, and uh, I I think he can do it this year. I, I'll took the over. This is a tough one. Uh, I'm going I'm going under. Under. Say under I I just uh, I think it from a standpoint of Toy Amaria whoever up top will take over a lot of the responsibility uh, goals getting them out of the box yeah getting goals in the box all of that type of stuff and uh, you know the service in from the back line the service in from the wings whoever it may be uh, gonna kind of miss the middle uh, so yeah I'm going I'm gonna right. go on I'm gonna go under on that one all right clean sheets. Uh, I believe we had 11 in all competitions last year. That, that included uh, Open, uh, Cup. Open Cup and, and all the other things. Um, Dan set this uh, line at nine and a half. Uh, I'm going over clean sheets. I, I believe in Tyler Miller. Uh, Dan, you went under. I did. Uh, less is a, a shot at Tyler Miller, who I think is entirely capable, and more just a I have questions about defensive cohesion and whether we get a full season out of Ike again. Ditto. Man of many words, MJ. Man of many words. Uh, clean sheets, nine and a half. What, you're taking it straight up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't yeah. take the push on this yeah, one. Nine and a half clean sheets? 
Yeah. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, um, <laughs> I, I, from what I've seen from Tyler Miller, I like it, but I, uh, I don't think we're gonna get to. I don't think we're gonna get to ten. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. Yeah, I took the under, right? Uh, definitely, I'm staying with the under. I think uh, I think we have too many uh, guys who are going to be gone, and although we don't, we're not, we're scheduled uh, to miss international matches, aren't we? I think Ike is going to be injured. I I don't think he'll play as many games as he did last year. And this goes back to what Bill and I've heard Bill's brother Bruce talk about. Is it. just we don't have another center, you know, kind of rock solid leadership talk across the back line, keep the back line cohesive uh, center back. So that's why I took the under. You guys are fucking cowards. <laughs> all of you. You're all fucking cowards. All right. Uh, so we have a couple of, uh, of, of number of starts. Uh, first is Sosani Dotson. Uh, Dan set that line at 17 and a half. That is literally like half a game more than half of the of the, of the season. Um, I went under, I think, uh, for myriads of reasons, including I think this team qualifies for the Olympics. I'm, I'm very op- I'm optimistic about the U23 team. Um, and so he's definitely going to miss at least four games for that, I think. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, but you say the over, Dan. I did. Are, I you, will- are you assuming this, uh, the U.S. men's national team does not qualify for the Olympics? I, I am making that assumption, yes. I forget who all is in their group, but I know Mexico is. And- it's Mexico and Costa Rica and then the, like, the Dominican Republic, are I you, think. Are you also assuming a Gregus or uh, Aussie injury in there? I'm actually not assuming any specific injury to one of those guys, but... Grey Goose gets a very weird red again. Dotson's the first guy off the bench to take that position. Ozzy misses three weeks with a twisted knee. Dotson's the first one to jump in there. Um, he can play on the wing. That was admittedly picked up before uh, the Raheem Edwards trade. Um, so mostly this is a, I think Dotson is routinely going to be the first guy starting off the bench in case the anyone in the normal starting lineup, absent Tyler Miller or like Amaria gets hurt so it's it's a vote of confidence in him in that way but yeah i mean he, he can't possibly hit this number if they make the olympics they probably won't or if everybody stays healthy in which case i think he gets crazy good minutes off the bench but never starts i also took the under it's not that i don't see a lot of these things happening yes i it's possible that the u.s do, do not qualify for the olympics yes it's possible that we have injuries in the center midfield I still don't see Dotson as great of a utility guy that he is and can sub in in so many different spots. I see him at subbing in at a lot of different spots in the 60th, 70th, 75th minute. I don't see him starting a lot of games. Yeah, I, uh, I don't see him as a starter uh, this year on a regular basis. I see him as a sub also. Um, and but I, I really hope he gets a lot of time in the Olympics. I hope we make the Olympics. Um, so uh, yeah, that's why I took the under. This is another good one. Uh, Danny makes some good points from the standpoint of injuries to the guys in front of him. He gets a lot of opportunity. Uh, but at the same time, it's like MJ said, uh, you know, you see him getting an opportunity to come in and uh, you know, late substitution and whatnot. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the under on that one. That one I just that's a tough one for me. I'm just gonna gut feeling says under. All right, uh, let's let's power through these last ones because uh, we're we're going really fucking long, guys. Uh, Thomas Chacon, how many starts does Thomas Chacon have? Uh, Dan said the under at twelve and a half. Uh, I went the over. I believe in Thomas Chacon. Did Rodrigo make you fill that in? 
Nope, blink twice if you're safe. He uh, did, not, he did not put a gun to my head and said, you must uh, you must uh, believe in Thomas Chacon. I think it's the over. I think uh, I think he I think he, he finishes out the season really strong with us. So uh, let's just do it. Dan. Um, I have him going under. Uh, honestly, let me put this question to you guys. Let's say Chacon gets 15 starts. Is that emblematic of the fact that he's really come on in practice, Heath gives him a chance, and he's earned it, and that's a good thing? Or because Lude can't hack it, other pieces don't fall in place, and it's like, well, we've got this guy. He's kind of expensive. Yeet. And he's played sort of whether he's ready or not. Number two. The latter. Yeah. Uh, MJ, so you had have, you have the under as well? Yeah. Callum Williams had a really good point in his kind of walk around town in Portland the other day that everyone's kind of big on Chacon because of they see the highlights of the game where he scored a goal, had an assist. But the thing that people have to realize is that he's very, very young. And what you don't see if you didn't watch the whole game is how many times he gave away the ball, how many times that he did not possess the ball or make the right pass or make the right carry with the ball. And so realistically he's down on the depth chart you know behind a lot of our mid our offseason pickups in the wing spot and so don't get your hopes up that you're going to see a lot of time from from him we still need to develop him as a young player so i took the under i took uh the over uh mainly because i think he's heath's guy um and heath believes in him and whether or not he is you know, up or not, um, Heath is going to start him. And uh, but I, I also worry that uh, he's going to get pushed around. Um, I just uh, you know MLS is a physical. Uh, you know, defenses in in MLS are really going to be physical towards him. They're going to figure him out and they're going to they're going to push. Uh, Since so, you know, I'll just make it quick. I'm going to we're going to go over. I I agree that he's kind of a. Being a Heath guy, he's going to get his a uh, lot of opportunity, and maybe opportunity when he doesn't necessarily deserve it. But he's going to get his opportunity and chance to chance. So I'm going to go over. He does have immaculate hair, and that should give it. That should get him at least four starts. Hell yeah. Immaculate yeah. hair. All right. I don't want any fucking analysis. Uh, signing in the summer window, one and a half. Uh, I have over. Dan over. MJ under. Oh. Over. 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 All right. Uh, most goals scored in a game, three and a half. I have uh, the over. Dan? I'm going to hit the under. Over. I'm going to go over because we play FC Cincinnati. <laughs> One word, Cincinnati. That was the, the thing I was going to say. Like, and we get to play Nashville twice. So I think we'll go over that one as well. Uh, most goals allowed in a game, four and a half is the number. Uh, I went over. Dan? I also went over. Over. I am the lone under here, unless Chris no, does. No, you're not. Going under as well. Yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a good defense. You know, we did allow like five goals in the game twice last year, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, so. Okay. That was last year. All right. Uh, so that's uh, Loon's predictions. Um, we, uh, we did throw out uh, or put together our final uh, conference predictions, um, Dan, MJ, and myself, um, which I guess we we will so let's, let's not even fucking worry about that. We we give you our who our top three and, and bottom three teams were last year. I we want to jump into a segment uh, segment that we haven't done in the past. Like, we haven't done in a while. Better know a loon, Chris Lidholm edition. Why in the hell? Why in the fuck did you get rid of the Buzz Lagos Lifetime Achievement Award from your LinkedIn? Uh, I just felt it was uh, needing an update, and that was removing it, and also the fact being that. I was sitting in this room not that long ago, and 
Somebody decided to yell out loud to everybody else that I had it on there. Somebody who shall remain nameless, Zeller. Zeller. That was me. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah it was totally know, me. Yeah. No, I just decided to uh, change it. And, and my That's both th- actually, in all honesty, y'all, as well, both my kids saw it, and they're like, why do you have that on there? So, <laughs> I, uh, Your adult children. Yeah, my 25 and 22-year-old. And more of my 25-year-old. And it's like, come on. So uh, that's the kids had the had the poll. All right, I mean, I guess that's 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 a fair answer. Um, but I also I'm kind of pissed off about it. Yeah, yeah I'm that sorry. Was, that, that was, was like the, the when I saw that uh, the first time we had you on the podcast, like two and a half years ago, or the fuck that was. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think you were still actually doing the broadcast or whatever at that uh, point. You yeah, said you were doing I radio. Was still doing radio. Yeah. I was doing radio in 2017. Um, and I and I pulled your bio, and you're like, "How in the hell did you find all this shit?" Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm good at interneting. Uh, right, right. Lots of lots of interneting uh, experience. Uh, all right. So anything anything you want like to what uh, our our uh, our listeners know, Chris, about what you got going on, or no, just you know, right, right now. Uh, you come you 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 come to matches, right? You come to the Allianz for Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. had uh, yeah, we had season tickets last year, so I was there quite a bit and it was, you know, there were times where it was kind of nice just to be sitting in the stands and and watching the game and not having to talk the whole 90 minutes and whatnot, <laughs> but there are times that I did miss not talking to him for 90 minutes. Sure. Uh, and such, but no, it was kind of nice just to be able to sit and it was the season tickets for me were with my oldest son and, and his girlfriend, now fiance. And, nice. You know, getting to all the years that I was doing the broadcast, I was up in the booth and missing that time. For me, family is very important. So missing the opportunity to sit at those games with my son um, when he come to the games. Last year gave me that opportunity to sit with my son and enjoy the games and do a little father-son, which is what I did at the Kicks games back from 76 to 81. I sat and watched him with my dad. Yeah. And so it's now Pass the torch. Exactly. Absolutely. And so it was that was really kind of important to me. For your section mates that sit around you though, do you find yourself kind of giving a little commentary? <laughs> well, when people figure out who I am and and such, uh, yeah, people were and I had requests over the years for uh, over the year for me to come to people's seats, sit by them, like right behind them and, and do play by play. And I'm usually pretty game for stuff like that and whatnot, um, but there were times, being the first year, I really wanted to just kind of hang out with my my son and family. So first. you know what? If I'm around the games this year and you're like, "Hey, come and do a little play-by-play," I'm a little more freedom to, to do that. I, honestly, we'll I think next year uh, for the preseason or whatever, me and you need to do a play-by-play. I'll so, do the color. You do the play-by-play. I'm doing the play-by-play. Uh, you're doing the color. I'll do the color. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm also, here at the Blackheart. I'm here in a Dark Clouds auction item. Also yes. possible, yes. <laughs> good, I, I good sit point, a lot Dan. by Carl Craig during yeah, the games, yeah. and I think he feels very much the same way you do, where he's happy a lot of times to talk to people about it, but at times he just wants to enjoy the match. Right, right. Because yes. we, uh, we, he and I both have dedicated a lot of our lives to the game in this state and doing what we can to help bring it to where it is today uh so yeah it's nice to then in a way step back let the the next group the next wave of fans take it to the next level uh buzz lagos leading the way and then a group of us carl myself brian corsett a whole group of others kind of following buzz's lead and saying this is what we need to do to get the game at this level to then hopefully bring it to where it is now and i'm quite honored to 
have been a part of that first wave. Now I'm quite happy to. Second, I need you to step second back. Second wave feminism. Let the second wave <laughs> come on through and do it. So. Uh, Chris, so to be to be here, Chris did uh, offer much. Like I, I had to, like, I was like pulling teeth from him. Uh, he recorded a voicemail for a as part of the Dark Out Silent Auction. I think Sean Sitnik won it did, last year. Uh, so, in all honesty, we have yet, we have still to record that. Oh shit! Because Sean and I have we have not been able to connect. Because of the off season and travels and all that type of stuff. Yeah, but that went for a lot of money. That was that was the plan. Was uh, was uh, the plan is still for me to meet up and so maybe we can maybe we can convince Chris to do something similar or maybe even a little bit more next year. Um, all right, so thank you, Chris. Uh, we obviously really appreciate you coming on no and problem. and hanging out Golden with voice. us for a little bit. Um, so let's talk about the we have a we actually have a fucking. Regular season match, boys. This one counts. Yeah, Three points back. at stake. This one counts. Uh, time. We're playing the Portland Timbers uh, on uh, on Sunday, uh, March first at six thirty, I believe, Central Time. Uh, MJ six thirty Central. Yeah, what you have it? You have it at four thirty your time. Okay, cool. Uh, so, <laughs> Portland is uh, a minus one fifteen favorite. Uh, Minnesota United uh, is a uh, plus two eighty five underdog, and the draw is plus two seventy five. Over under is three goals. So that's where we're at in terms of uh, in, in terms of betting this thing. Um, who's good on Portland? Obviously, they have a lot of good players. Dan, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off with you. Yeah, so I'm gonna start with uh, Yimi Chara. Uh, last name you maybe probably should be familiar with. He is Diego's brother. Uh, I saw him play in Copa Libertadores last year before I knew he was Diego's brother, and I was like, God, he looks so much like Diego Chara. Like, but then, like, I felt like a bad person. It was like, well, it's just because, you know, they're the same last name. I was like, no, they're actually brothers. And I stopped feeling like quite such a bad person. Racist. Uh, he is not. It fucking wasn't. They're brothers. <laughs> they're, uh, unlike Diego, uh, and I say this with the utmost respect for the way Diego Chara plays the game. He's a fucking shithead, and I hate him. Uh, that's what sixes he, do. That's what yeah. sixes do. Sixes but, are but he's, he's the shithead you want on your team. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'd he's love AJ, to have him. He's the AJ Przinsky of, uh, of MLS. Yeah, yeah. so Yimi is not that player at all. He's much more, uh, he's going to be an attacking wing. He's really, really good on the ball. Fast. Um, he's super fast. And he's He's not just fast without the ball. It's not that he has to be played into space. He's really fast with the ball at his feet. So um, if if Zeller is right and Gasper is shit, uh, we're going to find out real quick when Yimi Chara leaves him in his dust about 12 times. MJ? I really like Sebastian Blanco. I hear a lot of things about the other Diego, Diego Valeri, having to lift a lot of the uh, attacking prowess of, of Portland last year and I really think Blanco makes the difference. I I think uh, Valeri, for what they pay him, what you expect of him is overrated, so I like Seba uh, Sebastian Blanco. Yeah, I mean, the aforementioned Diego Valeri, uh, Jeremy uh, Ebobise uh, is also really really fucking good. Yeah, and yeah. Someone that Minnesota United could have, have had. Drafted, uh, Jorge Villafana and Andy Pollo, uh, the Peruvian. Villafana uh, is amazing on the left left back. Yep, left back. Um, he's like the only good part of their of their defense, as, 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 as we will as, well, I, as we, we will in discuss. Someone that you're gonna refer to. <laughs> yeah, we will discuss later. Um, so Jorge Villafana. Um, so you know the, that that right that Ethan either Ethan Finlay or Kevin Molino. Um, it's gonna have a, a a tough time hanging out with uh, uh, Jorge Villafana. Andy Pollo is the uh, uh, Peruvian um, attacker that they signed, and and he's really good as well. So, uh, Chris, who's good on Portland? Uh, Jeff Antonella. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
Former Minnesota United, very briefly. Also, <laughs> not, also not good. Um, all right. Who sucks? I'm going to start it off here. Uh, Dario Zuparic, uh, who is the, uh, the big, their big signing uh, over the summertime. Oh, perfect. Uh, and, uh, I say Dario Zuparic, and basically I mean their entire defense is shit. Like, their entire defense is not good. Um, it's they have uh, I think they have six rostered defenders on their roster right now, so that's a cool thing. Um, Darius Park has not played since last summer. Um, uh, Tuyoma is out. Uh, Jadama is probably also out as well, and uh, I think this is a this is actually a perfect opportunity for Minnesota United to attack uh, to attack a, a, a really suspect defense. This is Elizabeth. Uh, I didn't get a chance to say who I. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, in Portland, uh, their broadcast team, Nat Borches's beard this year is just beyond belief. Um, it Does gets he sell all, the beard? It, it gets all over his uh, his microphone, and I think he travels <laughs> with his own SM58 and monitor, <laughs> like he plays in a small rock club, and. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, I think he takes his SM58 and beats it on a table before he goes out. For those not in the audio and business. Like, like he plays in a small rock club. So, you know, you can't beat a team that has uh, has that. And But most of all, I have flashbacks to our first season in MLS in that first game. And uh, and I was I didn't go to the match out in Portland, but I was upstairs at, at, uh, at the Nomad. And... Uh, and Christian Ramirez scored that goal, and that's all I think about. And holy shit, he's here. Who sucks on Portland, David Martin? Um, Portland's actually gone over a lot of turnover, but um, still they're going to operate through Diego Valeri in the center of the park, just signed him to a new uh, deal, which is awesome. I can't really talk really cleanly into the microphone anymore. I just got braces a couple of days ago, and now I sound like a 13-year-old. That's not good? Yeah, it's good to be back. Do you know what? It's, I'm actually at the Black Heart right now for a uh, TIFO committee meeting. So it's like fucking old times now because <laughs> now I'm on this podcast. <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, I'm actually not quite as, as low on, on Portland's defense as you guys are. I think Steve Clark makes up for a lot of mistakes. Uh, but it'll be really interesting. Uh, there was a piece coming out of Portland sort of uh, over the weekend about Gio Savarisi really wanting to play a more aggressive attacking style. And they absolutely have the attackers for it. Uh, but particularly with Mabiala out, which I think he's going to miss this match, uh, boy, boy, that's going to put a lot of pressure on that defense. So I still rate them as far as we're talking throughout the league. Uh, but if United wants to attack through the middle of the park, which we've sort of settled on, they do, and they can this year. Uh, and Zuparic hasn't played in, in several months, and their other starting center back is out. They could look real bad in this match and then turn around and reel off four straight games where they don't give up a goal. MJ, you hate Diego Valeri for some reason. I do not hate him. In fact, he is a really good player. And I, let me just clarify. Hi, Scott. The, the, this category doesn't really fit him. It's who sucks on, on Portland. Diego Valeri doesn't suck. I just feel he's very, very overrated. And okay. he doesn't do as as many creative and attacking things that someone of his caliber and position should. It's an aggressive stance. Uh, Chris, who sucks? Oh, goodness. Uh, 
I didn't get much of a chance to watch the preseason. Uh, no one really, from their starters, no one really stood out to me as, you know, sucking big time or whatnot. Uh, so I think it's going to, I have a feeling that, that uh, uh, <laughs> you know, could be, if anything, you know, the coach, Gio Savarisi. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, no, listen, I'm, I'm listen, 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 listen. No, no, no. You said it. You said it. No, you said it. Uh, he uh, he is he has never won in. Uh, oh, he actually has won some MLS playoff games. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. So yeah, and he's had pretty good success in other leagues as well and whatnot. No, no. I especially against Minnesota. Yeah, with, well, with some team called the New York Cosmos. Right, right. Exactly. You can't. Hey, you you can't blame him. He he did well in the NASL, and that's why he's where he is today. And he's a very good coach. He was a very, actually a very good player. Uh, played against Minnesota over the years and uh, was a, a quality player. Played with and against Manny. Um, and so, yeah, they go they go way, way back. I will say that uh, uh, Paredes, their, their number eight, can struggle at times. So I'm, I'm looking, especially when we're on the attack, if we're going down the, the Paredes side, uh, that not not the Chara, not the Diego Chara side. That'll so, be something to exploit. So that was your answer, not Diego Valeri. Well, I think Paredes is a weaker player. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's uh, Jeff Antonella. Uh, last year he went out and he was he was injured pretty much the second half of the season, and I think we're going to go in and we're going to take him out in the first five minutes of the match, and uh, and, and he's going to be gone the whole season this year. So uh, that's uh, that's that's my pick for the worst player on Portland. All right, that's fair. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not an Antonella guy simply for the fact being that he was in goal for Tampa Bay when they beat us in 2012 and and whatnot. And there's there's an interesting story I have that I'll share off air. Uh, <laughs> Looking forward to it about Antonella and, and some fans, some Minnesota fans who were down in Tampa. So. Uh, no, it's good to keep it off. All right. Well, yeah, uh, that's uh, some Patreon content right there. Um, all right. So how should United play uh, Portland Timbers? Um, Dan, why don't you start us off? Uh, how, do we, how do we beat this team um, that we, to be fair, are 4-2-1 and one against in our, uh, in our MLS uh, history? Um, we actually are really good against Portland. Uh, outside of that 5-1 drubbing, yeah. our very first match that match both too. Bill and I watched at the Nomad and yeah, have, have a, a fever dreams about. Um, we actually are pretty good about, against Portland in, uh, in our MLS tenure. Dan, how do we uh, how do we beat Portland? Uh, so Portland is going to try to win back possession, uh, particularly in their in their attacking third and United's defensive third. Uh, so don't hold the ball in the midfield. I mean, this is a team that as soon as the ball stops moving, they swarm. They cut off angles really well. Diego Chara will absolutely spike somebody's Achilles tendon four or five times trying to get that ball out. Uh, so don't do not hold the ball in the midfield. Keeping possession in the attacking third is going to be critical. Uh, but in any of those transition spaces, it's keep moving, keep moving. Honestly, one of the best things United can do is not something that any player on the field can do. But if Diego Chara picks up an early yellow, if the referee decides he wants to call it tight, that will affect how Portland wants to play in that pressure third. MJ, well, we talked about how Minnesota's more is stronger attacking down the right with people like Ethan Finley and Metnair. I think they need to attack down the left because that's the side that uh, Villafania, uh, Diego Chara, and Zapark are not on. So I would like to see them try to push the ball down the left side because on the left, on the left is where it's going to be. 
great Chase Gasper shooting in crosses. Hopefully Fuck. him, Chase Fuck. Gasper, passing, Fucking to, awesome. passing to Lude, passing to Molino, but whatever. Uh, Chris, how, how should United play uh, Portland this weekend? In any way in which they have more goals on the scoreboard than Portland. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Son of a bitch, you did it. He boiled it down. He really boiled it down. Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree uh, with, uh, with MJ and uh, Dan on this one. Um, how should we play them in versus how we will play them is, a, right. like, is the eternal like, struggle and conversation and, and like, the, the, like, the sui generis of Heath out is basically like Adrian Heath and I have very, very, very different way, like, beliefs in how um, we should play these teams. Um, that being said, I really do like their left is uh, or their right is uh, very vulnerable, and I really hope that we attack. And this is kind of why, again, kind of alluding back to, I think Raheem Edwards would it would be a much better <laughs> yeah. uh, left wing player. And I and actually I think a three five two would actually be a much better sure. uh, format for um, you love that for this match uh, than what Adrian Heath will will play, which is a four two three one. With Chase Gasper out there, so all right. Uh, so who's gonna? Who is going? How's it gonna go? Um, I have I have a I have a kissing sisters. So I have a I have a draw on this one. I think a two-two draw. I have a draw me like one of your French girls. Also two-two. I'm Portland. Three-three. Portland two-one. Wait, fucking three-three. Six goals. Here, um, here for bang, it. If I'm gonna be honest, I'm bang, bang, bang the over on the on the over under. How, if you how are, many it, goals were scored the first uh, in the first game last year? Five, five. Yeah, three. It was three two. Minnesota beat Vancouver three two. No, no. In oh, Portland, in the, Portland, Minnesota. Oh, I don't. I have no idea. I don't know. What that. was the score? Was it not five one? Oh, that that was that was 2017. That was two, that was three uh, years ago. Was right, three years ago. I was trying to sound like a genius. 3-3 three, right. three anyhow, regardless. All right. 3-3. Three, three. Fuck it, A. I All say right. Portland 2-1. Yeah. Ba- so bang the over, apparently, uh, if, you believe, uh, if you believe Chris. Uh, and uh, you live in uh, New Jersey, Las Vegas. Chicago. Chicago. Cayman Iowa. Islands. Yeah. Oh, did I, did I tell you guys? Cayman about, Islands. Uh, Northern Iowa, you can go to that. that uh, Diamond Joe. Diamond did you Joe? Oh, yes. oh, no, no. Listen, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm planning a trip to go to, to Diamond Joe's. For uh, March Madness, the first weekend of March Madness, we're planning a trip with a bunch of a bunch of uh, Anna's friends to go down to uh, Diamond Joe's and uh, gamble a bunch. Super fun! I am really fucking excited. They, these people have no idea how intense I will be on my sports gambling, um, but I'm very excited about it. All right, so we're gonna bang through the picks or it didn't happen section of the uh, podcast. This is where we're gonna tell you. Uh, who's going to win every game so that you can, again, you know, go down to Northern Iowa and win the money? Um, DC United post Colorado. I have a two nothing DC United win. I also have a two nothing DC United win. Just jump in if you want. Okay. I think Colorado slips a goal and it's two one. All right. Chris is going to only going to jump in if he feels very strongly about something. Uh, New, Eng- New England heads to Montreal for the new uh, Montreal Pact versus New England. I have a three one a New England win. I have a home team upset, uh, Montreal Impact beating New England 1-0. I also have a home team upset, uh, Montreal beating New England 3-2. They looked really good in CCL fever. I have Montreal 2-0. All right, San Jose hosts Toronto FC. I have San Jose winning 2-1. I have Toronto winning 3-1. I have uh, San Jose-Toronto drawing 1-1. 
All right, FC Dallas hosts Philadelphia at Philadelphia Union, winning three to nothing. I have a uh, Dallas one nil. Uh, this is a tough game. I think it's two two. Uh, we also skipped the Houston game. Oh. I, I have Philadelphia on the road beating Dallas uh, 2 0. All right. Sorry, Houston Dynamo, LA Galaxy 2 2. Yeah, we can go back to talk about that Houston one. That's Darwin and Christian. Yeah, 2 2, Houston Dynamo, LA Galaxy. I got the In Galaxy Houston. winning 3 1, spoiling Houston's home opener, but Darwin Quintero does get a goal. I have Houston Dynamo uh, upsetting the Galaxy at home 2 1. All right. I have, I have Houston 2 0. All right. Uh, Orlando City oh host, host Real Salt Lake. Oh, I have a 1-1 one, one draw. Oh, I also have a 1-1 one, one draw, and I would not bet on this game with your money, David. I, no. I, I have a 2-2 two, two draw just because I think their defenses are awful. I have a giant sinkhole happening, and it <laughs> falls into it. Speaking of giant sinkholes, Smashville uh, versus Atlanta United. That's Nashville versus Atlanta United. I have a 2-2 two, two draw on that one. Oh, uh, that's hopeful. I've got Atlanta ruining the uh, Nashville's first game, 3-0. I also have 3-0 Atlanta. I have it 35-0. to zero. <laughs> For for Nashville? <laughs> Walker Zimmerman with a 10x hat trick. <laughs> uh, Vancouver hosts Sporting Kansas City. I have uh, Sporting Kansas City to win that game 2-0. I also have a 2-0 for Sporting Kansas City. I have 2-1 for Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I had 2-1. Yeah, spoiler alert, I think, spoiler alert, I think the Sporks are going to be really good this year. I don't. Uh, Columbus, <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. Uh, Columbus, NY, and versus NYCFC. I have NYCFC winning this one 2 to 1. I got 3 to 1, NYCFC. I also have NYCFC 3 1. I have it uh, draw 2 2. All right. Uh, Red Bulls versus FC Cincinnati. I have a 2 2 draw, boys. What? Yes. Wow. Yeah. You do know Cincinnati does not have a coach right now. I believe in Nazis. That's actually the title of the podcast. I believe in Nazis. (laughs) That is not the title of this podcast. (laughs) It it, it literally is. Uh, I got Red Bulls hiding Cincinnati 3-1. I have Red Bulls beating Cincinnati 4-0. I have uh, Red Bulls 3-0. You're all going to be real fucking... uh... Sorry. Anyways, Seattle Sounders host Chicago Fire. 3-0 to Seattle. You honestly couldn't put the line high enough in this game. I've got Seattle at 4-0. I would take them at 5 or 6. This could be an ugly fast. Yeah, I was going to say like 7, but... I think Chicago somehow eke out a goal, but Seattle Sounders win 3-1. I think it's going to be one of those days where it's so cold nobody can score. It was 0-0 draw? Yes. Okay. Uh, LAFC versus Inter-Miami. I have a 5-1 LAFC win. I, this is a 3-1. I, I think Miami might give them even more of the game than that, but they're not going to beat them. I have LAFC Inter-Miami inter 3-0. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, LAFC 4-1. Cool. And then uh, Portland versus Minnesota United. I have a 2-2 uh, draw. I'm the only optimistic person here at the table. So No, because I switched mine. Oh, that's right. You did switch yours. I, to the I switched to the last second. I also have a 2-2 draw. I have a Portland 2, Minnesota United 1 yeah. as, a, as a realist pessimist. Yeah, and I had the same, and Chris had uh, three, the three, three, three. The yeah, three. Fucking... Was, it should be noted there was one goal combined scored in the two meetings last year. Minnesota won one nil, and they drew nil nil. So Chris is basically saying they had saved up well, all did... of the goals from that game and just to be bursting fair, forth in glorious to, light in Portland. To be fair, they won two one in the Open Cup. Okay, so four combined goals in three <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah, that's how math works. Yeah. I'm all, all right. for it. I, I hope to God you're right. All right. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that game over and over and over again. All right. So we, we, 
God, I'm sorry, guys. This is a long one. Uh, we're gonna, we have a few questions that uh, a lot of them are related to Chris, and so we want to get Chris's answers. Uh, Alfie a l f v e b e asks. Uh, that's on Twitter. Asks uh, top which which sandwich? Uh, the Hawaiian. The Hawaiian. Uh, yeah, You've the mentioned Hawaiian. this before. Yeah, yeah. This is the one I, I always would go to, and Can and I, they would they would. I don't know if people know, but because of the sponsorship, the TV crew, production crew, and everybody, we would get which which sandwiches before every game, and nice. we had our place. We got to place our order, everything like that. So yeah, we had full sandwiches and chips and. All that good stuff. So I've had my fair share of witch witch sandwiches. They're solid. The one in Golden Valley just closed, and I'm legitimately bummed about it. So it's a good we, must ass down, we must be down to four. We yeah. went from twelve. <laughs> we're down to four. It sounds like. Can I admit oh, something? Yeah, I've right. I'm not. Yeah. No more corner kicks. I've missing. never. Ha- I've never had a witch witch. I, I I send you okay. I send you pictures all the time of like yeah, yeah. when I show up in, in random places like Kansas City, and we're like. Staying in a hotel right next to a fucking witch witch. I take a picture of the witch witch and I send it to Chris uh, Lidholm uh, on Twitter. Uh, and uh, just like, oh, hey, what's going on? And uh, I've never had an actual witch witch sandwich. I told you the story, I think, before. My wife did the same thing. She was in San Antonio <laughs> and she sends, she sends me one picture and it's of the witch witch. Yeah. And that's what she sent me. <laughs> not the Alamo. No, not yeah. the Alamo, not the Riverwalk, no nothing. It's the stinking witch witch, which is right by her. <laughs> Nobody ever forgets the Alamo. Why would you take a picture of yeah. it? <laughs> do, you, do you guys, any of you guys have a uh, favorite witch witch sandwich? I did like a chicken bacon ranch, I think, that was real solid. Whatever I had the one time I actually made it there, I liked a lot. I have also never had a witch witch. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Andy, uh, Andy uh, the Cribs asked, uh, Chris, in the event you do not return to the TDI KMN Championship Company Cup team, how far below 30% are our chances to repeat? Our- well, I said the chances dropped immediately quite a bit when Martin left. So, I mean, well, yeah, he was... Did they? They did. Listen, did they? Well... I mean, we, we got rid of the one person who doesn't play soccer on her team. So, well, did they? Yeah. David, denial the ain't just a river in Egypt. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think, I think he, uh, you know, it's, if I don't return, I still think there's a, you guys got a good chance. There's a whole good crew that's remaining. Yeah, we, and I think we're, we're, uh, we're working on putting together another tournament. I think we're actually maybe doing more of a hat tournament style. So, like, not just, like, People play on teams that like just everybody. Anybody wants to register can register for a certain amount of money. The money gets donated to a charity. Then all the other money that we raise would be great. So well, what what we did in that first in the first year was actually you know not it was pretty good. Eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, it was like eleven hundred dollars. We raised for like a girl. Three hours of work or whatever it was. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I put in a lot more work than the, okay. the actual day. But anyways, yeah. uh, uh, Rodrigo asks. Uh, so. Chris, will Lidholm be the answer on the left wing? Are you going to be the answer uh, on the left no, wing? No, because I'm, I either play in goal or play up top as a target forward someplace where I don't have to run. And left wing is where you have to run. So, no, That's fair. I am not yeah. the answer. Um, Christian asks, uh, based on the current lineup, which three or four teams do you believe we line up best against this season? And then uh, as a second question, which other number 10s should Minnesota United realistically acquire? Assuming Reynoso is a no-go. Wow. I mean that's a that's those are large, yeah, sorry, largest are, questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, goodness, based on the current lineup. So I mean, so we so we match up really really well against San Jose, for whatever yes. fucking reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were one of the ones that first came to mind for me. Was we San Jose. we match up really well against San Jose? I think we match up really well against 
a lot of the Eastern Conference teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting the matchup this year against Houston. Yeah, uh, they have no uh, fucking defense. Right, I know, and, but we so we know. can just yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but the the middle of the field, the the battle in the middle of the field for me, that's another good one. Uh, would be Houston, just off the top of my head. Cool. You guys have anything to add on there? I think this team matches up really well against RSL. I think RSL went through enough turn, turmoil in the off season. Some of the pieces that hurt us in the past. Joel Plata just tormented our back line for a number of years. The fact that he's not there anymore will help quite a bit. So. I mean, Chicago was the lowest possible hanging fruit. because I was just going to say, <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, they beat us 2 nothing last year. That's true, but that we was, still had Calvo at the time. That was also the sh- No, that, they had, they oh, had Calvo. Oh, just, that was just after we traded him. Yeah, so that, was, that, was, that was the revenge game. That was the shittiest game. So me and my wife drove down to Chicago for that match, and we stayed in a fucking, like, it had to have been like a flea-ridden motel in fucking Bridgeview. It was, it was the fucking worst. It was like the worst experience. I, I missed that had. game in its entirety because I got engaged. And Good I think for you. that was a great choice. Humble too. brag. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, no uh, humble brag. Just straight up. I missed a shitty soccer game. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Hop Clouds asked uh, uh, when will. Oh, number 10s. I yeah. just. Since. Oh, yeah. I don't have a really good. The global market for someone in the six to eight million range on number 10s. But I will say this if they went after Lee Dong Jung from Korea's. U23 squad, that number 10 would be fucking phenomenal. I mean, you can just keep Korean sucking bias. Korean soccer dick Korean, if you want on this podcast. Korean, Korean but. bias, like good young number 10. All right. Uh, so Korean players and Korean buffet, those are your two big things? Uh, he's, yes. Okay. He's Kordish, he's, uh, he's, he's like, so... Uh, Kreedish. I'm Kreedish. 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 So I actually care more about about buffets in general than I do about Korean soccer. But okay, fair enough. Uh, don't don't tell the the Taguk warriors that. All right. Uh, Hop Clouds asks, when will the plaid suit make its return? I think he's referring to uh, I, I had a tartan tux for a uh, an event, and uh, uh, in December, and it will make its return very very soon. Don't worry about that, Hop Clouds. Sean Rabel asks, uh, please rate. Fuck Mary Kill for Chacon, Lude, and Reynoso. <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill. Uh, MJ, I'm gonna go to you first. Fuck Mary Kill. Well, Chacon, Lude, Reynoso. Who was at the watch party on Wednesday? Obviously, the uh, Chacon. We're, we're we're gonna toss that salad, and then. Uh, so you're, you're gonna fuck Chacon. Yeah, and then and then uh, Mary Mary Lude. Because he's a handsome lad, and uh, and and then we'll we'll kill Reynoso for not signing with us. Dan, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go the same way. We've seen Chacon phase in and out of games, but his highs are really super high. That screams excellent one night stand, uh, but maybe not a great long term relationship. Kill Reynoso because the fuck do I care at this point? He plays for Boca Juniors. Will probably never play for Minnesota United, and that leaves Lude in a stable but unenthusiastic marriage that we both know should probably end but won't because Adrian Heath loves him. Chris, FMK. Same. Okay. In that order. <laughs> All right, I'm going a different route. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to fuck Reynoso because, you know, he's Reynoso. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to marry Chacon because I've always wanted a child bride. <laughs> 
and kill lewd. Kill lewd. You know, I never liked him. For being lewd. Yeah, we're not going to get anything out of him playing on the left. So I I feel you there. I'm going to kill lewd because again, yeah, yeah, he the the, where he's he's uh, he's deployed is not great. Um, I am going to uh, I'm going to kill Chacon. Because I think we... we you, just killed both of them. <laughs> you can't just kill everyone. <laughs> this is Wait. F killed two people this is F- Oh, shit. Sorry. FMK, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kill Lude. Okay. <laughs> because, yeah, obviously. And then uh, I'm going to marry Renoso because... Yeah. He fucked the minor? <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's 19. <laughs> yeah. He's legal. He's legal. Uh, it's not a crime. It's so, <laughs> so Josh, Josh asks uh, after the last uh, preseason snooze versus bottom dwelling Vancouver, as well as word that Reynoso watches on life support. Uh, you confident? Uh, this is a very poorly worded tweet. So basically, are we confident in the mood? Molino, Lude, Finlay, midfield, Chacone, comma midfield. Um, yes, I don't know. No. Yeah, I mean, it would be better if we had uh, another uh, another attacking player up there, but you guys have thoughts? I'm reasonably happy with it. Honestly, I don't care about the last preseason game at all. Like, the number one objective of that game is cut, get out healthy, which they did. So, hey, job done. Uh, they gave up, what, like a 95th minute? I could, I could not possibly care less about that. Um, I, I like this midfield. I really do. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, I honestly, I don't think Reynoso was the one piece this team needed. I think he made them better, but I think if Molino plays at his 95, 96% level, which we think he can, I'm getting the wrap it up notice from these guys. I'm fine with it. They'll be fine. We got to wrap up soon because uh, Chris Love is going to punch me in the throat. <laughs> his ankle mon- Chris's ankle monitor's beeping. <laughs> uh do you have anything to add to that question? Either of you guys? Okay. Uh, so Dustin Feedy has two questions. Uh, Taken in context of, of where they are at, expectations and potential each league, what is, was Minnesota soccer team that was the most exciting to follow? This is probably a question probably for Chris. Um, team that was the most exciting to follow, the Kicks, Strikers, Thunder, Stars, Loons. So, like, yeah, is there a particular team that you – what, as you were trying to like, as you watching soccer in Minnesota, that you particularly love to follow. I, well, I followed pretty much every one oh, of you, them. You, you, yeah, you, I, you follow all the teams. Like, I, what, I, what was the funnest have, one? Oh goodness, uh, they all. There's different ones for different reasons. Uh, kicks because they were the beginning and everybody was learning the game here because of the kicks. The strikers were indoor, and indoor was so much fun. Bonker oh, soccer, yeah, right? Was, oh, it was great. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. The Thunder, because you're watching all of these young Minnesota players primarily, this is their opportunity to grow and whatnot. The Stars, because of the championship and the players they brought in and all of that good stuff. And then the Loons, again, bringing in the players and that eventually going to where we are now in MLS. So I, I would go um, anytime of the kicks, but, you know, like the 99 Thunder who won the championship. Um, the Stars years, all of them to me were a lot of fun. Uh, the one year that I would like to forget is 09, 2009 Thunder, which is the Dean Johnson years. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's the one. If you know, because there's not a year that I can pick that was most entertaining, most that I enjoyed the follow, but I can pick one that I want to get rid of. Long, long answer for a 
easy question. That's fine. And then, the, so the final question, uh, again, we'll throw it to you and, and no one else talk. Um, what is your favorite place? Because you've gone to see some away soccer in Minnesota history. What's your favorite place that you went to to watch uh, Minnesota play soccer? What's your favorite away day? I've, I have not been to a ton, in all honesty, because the away games, the away broadcasts, we actually did from here. So oh. I would be actually oh, sitting, I suppose, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. sitting up in the dark stadium of the press box at the National Sports Center doing the away games, watching the game off a monitor and announcing that way. Uh, so I didn't get to travel a whole lot. But the ones I did go to, uh, I enjoyed. I liked Tampa, uh, Al Lang Stadium. Just love the setting there, right on the water, all of that type of stuff. And just the, the atmosphere in that stadium itself. It helped uh, that we won a cup there. What was that? Oh, no, sorry. Never mind. No, no. So mm. then, but twenty, but the year before, yeah, 2011 yeah, yeah. in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. yes. And I like that for the fact being, being in the rain and winning a championship there. That's why you have to have, you know, love Lockhart, um, which doesn't stand anymore. Or the that version doesn't stand well, anymore. Yeah, it, it rises again. It um, spiritually stands. It's it's crappy new Lockhart now. Is there, is there, a, is there a stadium uh, in uh, U.S. soccer that you would love to go visit? With Minnesota United, like as as a as a fan, my hopes are to travel to a couple of games this year, and that's nice. what I'm that's what right. I'm I'm looking for. Is a lot of you have traveled to these games in the past. Yeah, I want your feedback. I want I'd like to hear from you as to what stadiums, what games I should go to, and you know if you hear this, you know when you listen to the podcast, if you want to tweet them at me as well. But I also like to hear from you guys right now, very quickly, one or two stadiums that you would suggest. Uh, my favorite stadium that I've been to. Uh, it has to be uh, Sporting Kansas City Stadium. Uh, the Red Bulls, New York, is the second. Yeah, I, I I've been to I've been to Sporting KC. Uh, I traveled down there for the Open Cup game, which Cristiano Diaz was shown the red card, the wrong yeah. red card, the bad <laughs> red card. So I have been to that one, but oh, yeah. Cristiano. San, San Jose no. has a has a nice stadium. Avaya uh, Stadium. Yeah, and then uh, I was at Montreal last summer, and that was Scott really Ciputio. nice. Yeah, Saputo, yeah. That was Becky. Dan, <laughs> do you have a, a, a favorite MLS stadium to go to? Other I, than I have not traveled to uh, to see an away MLS. All right, game fuck yet, you. So You're done. You're done talking. <laughs> All right, um, thanks, Dan. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I would say I would say outside of uh, the plague that happens occasionally at uh, Colorado, the Rapids uh, put on a really awesome tailgate. They do. Okay. Best so, tailgate in MLS. And they have a, a pretty nice soccer stadium as well. Uh, uh, Dick Sporting Goods Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick Sporting Goods Park uh, out there in the middle of bumfuck Colorado. Uh, they're great. Uh, you know, for all like for all the the, the the problems that you have with playing, sharing a stadium with an NFL team, Atlanta actually wasn't terrible, which was really surprising to me. So uh, we would love to have you, Chris, on some uh, some away matches. So yeah. um, you can always hit him up at Chris Lidholm on Twitter. It's L I D H O L M. Um, please, uh, if you are listening to this podcast, rate and review it. Apparently, that's a thing that helps like podcasts get recognized and shit. Subscribe. Uh, Patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Uh, you can find us always at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Texas Hour. Dan's at D Wade. MJ is at MJ Matsui and Bill is at Bill underscore McGuire. Bill, great to have you back after your uh, your your back shit. So off drugs. <laughs> All right, this has been the Dave's. You know we are Dave's. I know.
Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, we we do our thing, son. Through the act we attract two, hope to reach one. We 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 do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We do our thing, son. Nothing at all, y'all know we can't do nothing.